Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do it live on a Reaction Monday edition of the program. How you live at threes? Um, good, man. It seems like the weather will finally start to cool down, maybe, Boy, a little bit this week, which would be elite. I had a great time up in Ann Arbor. Um, really is a beautiful town, you, you know? It's a beautiful town. Um, I, I, I have a story for you, though. Oh, okay. For some reason, you know, we go to yeah. a nice dinner on Friday this is night. Friday night? Yep. Yep, go okay. to a nice dinner in a place called uh, Mediterrano. So, it, you know, it's a Greek-Italian-inspired uh, mm-hmm. place. It was great. Had some lamb uh, chops. Beautiful. Um, just, just, I mean, elite. What are we talking about, right? I mean, it's so good. Pistachio-crusted lamb, which medium rare. Come on. It, it was unbelievable. Um, Melt-in-your-mouth type stuff. Anyway, so we all split the bill. Uh, split the bill amongst five of us. It was 60 bucks. Okay. Um, each person, and okay. um, so we're like, there. great, you know. I leave and and uh, and then I go online to pay my Amex yesterday. Turns out they charged me 180, and so oh. I uh, I oh. I text the other guys in the group oh. text and hey, check your oh. credit card statements just to make sure. Sure. These uh, you know, I'll leave what I what I said didn't overcharge you, and they all respond, nope, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, and then uh, Rick Pizzo goes. Rick Pizzo goes, I also wasn't four and versus them, so there's that. I think I they like, stuck it to you. Good point. Good point. So now I have to call Amex today because yesterday they're open four to eight. And of oh, course, yeah, during the hours are. of four to eight, I forget the call. They happen sure. to be closed all day Monday. That's convenient. Um, right. So I'll just call Amex and be like, hey, how do you want me to approach this? Because I can call these morons. Or you can just, you know, I have a, and here's the best part. I took a picture of the receipt because I'm yeah. expensing it to Big Ten Network. Sure. So I have the proof that with tip, right. you know, what it was. We're so not 180. It was not 180. So we can, off a of straight principle, we can <laughs> battle over this, buddy. You I will what? take your I- damn restaurant down from you, <laughs> and I will be owner of Mediterrano in Ann Arbor. Here's what I hope. I almost hope for the sake of the rivalry that they saw whose card it was and stuck it to you. I think that's kind of a good story if they did. I'm sorry that you were overcharged, but if if they if it was on purpose, you almost have to tip your hat and just say, I know. It's a good job out of them. It's a good job out of them if it was on purpose. I yep. I I hope it's that rather than just someone's an idiot. Like I would rather it be, oh, this guy, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, Stick this moron. Give him the whole bill. It's all right. I, just say, I, I've, just I've debated about posting it. Accidentally put the whole I, thing on his I bill. I might post it, and I sent it to you. But as I walk into the stadium, <laughs> they have the big M on the back of the scoreboard, and I took sure. a picture. And it's then beautiful. my buddy Bob Lanigan, who is our spotter uh, for Brandon Godden, uh, diehard Irish fan. I mean, this guy, 
diehard Irish fan from Chicago. But anyway, um, he he goes he so he can't stand Michigan more I mean, just up there with us, right? Yeah. And he goes, "Why'd you get in front of it and take a picture and hold up four now?" And I go, "That's a damn good idea. Good yeah. job out of you, Bobo." And so took that photo oh, and I sent it to you. I thought about posting it to the gram. Um, I'm not sure how my I, bosses will. It's weird because some people wouldn't like how it. you play I, into it, right? And some like Fox enjoys. Like they they let their their guy their guys play into it. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Um, you just so don't they want, want it. Like, Reggie Bush and Leinart to talk down on their rivals, you know, and they do right. They want you hear Bob Stoops talk about Texas in a certain way. Sure. Um, I so think yeah, the, I mean the problem is is like it, it's such a one sided rivalry now that like you don't because you're going to be doing more Michigan games. It look pretty good. So you're going to be doing more Michigan games. And you yeah, don't at least one more. Probably somehow. Michigan at Maryland. Probably yeah, you don't want Harbaugh like. to be aware, and then all of a sudden he's even more awkward. Like you don't want that, you know. He's I don't so. I don't even think he'd be aware. You know, I just don't think it's, <laughs> he might not. I don't he think there's not. enough space up there. Um, social media. I want to run something by you in in watching uh, our game on mm-hmm. Saturday. Yeah, as we're we're you know we're now three weeks into this thing. Yeah. Um, what if we're not great? But what if nobody else is either? Um, now, great being the word. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good. Watched a ton of college. I mean, college football Saturday was just awesome. It was. Um, so I had our game on the on the primary screen, and then on the secondary screen, I had uh, I wanted to get a look at Bama and Florida. Um, and you thought it was going to be one of those instances where Bama was just going to boat race, and they did. They got this huge lead, and then they just kind of muddled through the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, and if not for Emory Jones just riding a read option too long on the two point conversion, I, I think there's a decent chance. You got to make up your mind sooner or later. You got to make right? up your mind, son. Yep. Uh, and he didn't. And you know, Bama escapes. Um, you into the night games were awesome. Good job on you, Penn State. Fantastic job out of you taking care of business. Uh, the way that that was an awesome game. That was an awesome college football game. And Penn State got jobbed by the officials. Flat jobbed. I mean, they actually took away a down on Penn State. It was insanity. Uh, how many how many times they they got things wrong, especially in the first half, and Penn State stuck in it and and showed out really well. Um, you, I watched a little bit of Georgia because I'm I'm curious what they looked like. South Carolina is just awful, um, yeah. but you watch college football. There's a lot of really good teams, and and we have major issues, and we're going to spend the majority of three mm. hours discussing it today. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that we are we should even be having a conversation about. Comparing ourselves to Bama at this point, no. But Clemson's got issues too, man. They can't score it. They, they do, but I, I'm not even going outside there anymore. We're not at a point to compare ourselves to Bama and Clemson. I think we're at a point defensively I think we're closer to Clemson. I think we need to sit and worry about Penn State, Michigan yeah. State, and Michigan. I think I think for the first in Iowa, naturally, if they make it. Um, I've I've been wrestling all morning with how I feel about that Iowa Penn State game that's going to happen in a few weeks, and I'd like to go. Well, yes, but then you're wondering like, <laughs> cool. how do you want it to work? Do you want Penn State to win by three, you know, in a last second field goal to where they both have immense respect, and then you're playing an undefeated, ranked in the top five Penn State team at home, and yeah, Iowa probably drops to nine, sure. and then you play them in the in the title game. Um, you know, Michigan State. If, I, I was. For one, I believe we had that. I believe that, we had that one, yeah. And so now, hey, nationally, I encourage Paul Feinbaum. I encourage David Pollock. I encourage all the smart people over at ESPN on TV 
to now call Miami what it is and maybe not celebrate yeah. Nick Saban for that win um, because Miami is – look, they're bad. There, there are a lot of paper programs out there. Miami, to me, it, it is almost sad because of how good they were when I was in high school. Dude, Florida State lost by 20-some to Wake after That's losing true. to a one double eight. Both of those programs they're on, they're are so – just three. So gone. They're gone. Um, the ACC yeah, is in deep just – the whole ACC. I mean, who's to say Clemson? Clemson's the same way. Like, if I'm Dabo, I'm not worried about catching Bama. I'm worried about getting through the conference. Clemson can't score. I'm worried about Virginia. No, I'm like they can't. I'm worried score. about North Carolina. They I'm don't even about... have Travion Henderson. Like, yeah, they don't have that. Uh, right. They. I mean, I got that as wrong as anything. I thought that kid. I thought DJ would be. I don't know what changed from year to year from last year to. He was great last year. He ain't now. Yeah. I mean, they can't move the ball. They they almost lost to Georgia Tech. They can't move the ball. Yep. So, yeah. That, let's that, put that in perspective. Point. That, they almost lost point. to Georgia Tech, who yeah. lost to Northern Illinois at home week one, yeah. who got beat by Michigan sixty-three to three. There you go. And that's and so, my point. I guess that's. What I think I'm there's a lot of parody at. in college football. I, I welcome it because as I was watching Penn State Auburn, I said to myself, "You know what? How great is it that Sparty seems to be back, and at least for what, what's back? They're at least going to be a, a game where you're not going to fall asleep at halftime on the couch. Buddy, they're flying to the ball. They're playing yeah, they are. passion. They're playing there's, defense. There's a sense of urgency. Peyton Thorne at quarterback seems to have it. They seem to have a running yeah. back transfer, Kenneth Walker, a third, who seems to be a good a good tailback. I um, agree. Harbaugh will not deviate from the run. It does not matter. He will not. It, he. I think his goal is that he wants to run at three downs, get a first down. I mean, it's fine. He's got an identity for the first he's time. He's got since an identity for the first, first time in a year. while, and they have three very talented running backs. Um, if uh, literally all it takes is it's going to take Cade McNamara making four or five throws a game, where he's going to have a play action in the seam. He's going to have a deep shot. He's got a hit on. He missed one early in the game. He hit the one later to Cornelius Johnson. He's going to have single coverage. Why would you ever play cover two against them? It makes no sense. He's going to yeah. be in single or or cover three the whole game. So all Kate has to do is make a few throws in the in the, in the seams and down the down the sidelines um, and connect on those. But yeah, it, it's Penn State um, has a couple gritty wins, and obviously that one over Auburn was big for the conference. Um, They're good defensively too. Yeah, they are. And another feel good story for us in Ohio is you know Cincinnati played like absolute crap and beat the they Hoosiers. Did. I mean, the text that I got from Luke was incredible. Can't be I texted him and said, "Hell of a win." He says, wasn't pretty, down 14-0, had nine penalties in the first half with two throw-up emojis. Tough and nasty (laughs) competitors find a way to win. And I said, a W's a W. Best part is you can rip their you-know-what about those things and still celebrate the victory. He responded for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it is – I like where college football is at this year. I really do. Because I think that any weekend when you have good matchups, you're going to hold your breath a little bit. And I welcome that back. I really do. I welcome that back because at the beginning of the year, I think we thought, man. Same four. Let's just fast forward. It's the same old, same old. Real quick before I forget, I am so disappointed in UCLA. That's all I'm going to say. I didn't I even just, see what happened. They got upset. they played in the middle of the night. Yep. Oh, you're kidding. They lost to Fresno UCLA- State at home. Oh, no. At home? I don't know. They lost to Fresno State. Who played Oregon tough, by the way, too? So maybe Fresno's got a damn good team. Yeah, they I don't could know. be okay. They played. Wasn't that like a midnight start? Midnight. It was start. They it was were. Really they late. were down. They went down and scored. Fresno got the ball with like a minute something left. It went down and scored. Uh, Touchdown. 
Yeah, you hate to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that was my. I guess that's my point. We're not ready to have a conversation that we're one of the best because we're not. We're a long ways from it. Uh, right now, we are at best the third best team in the Big Ten behind Iowa and Penn State. At best, um, we we certainly have talent. We're not playing mm-hmm. with purpose. We're not playing with a, a whole lot of fire and energy. It feels like we're still thinking defensively. It seemed like it was a little better than it was from week to week. Obviously, there was a major adjustment in terms of the way we're going about our business defensively, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, I still see very little in terms of making any impact on the defensive line. I don't. I just don't see different make, difference makers there the way we used to. I don't see the push that we used to see. Is it concerning that Chris freaking Alave doesn't catch a ball? Yeah. I was now, one of them went off his hand, but that that's impossible. That's that impossible. Was, that was one of the most surprising things of the whole day to me. That is impossible. Now, so, I was watching this thing, you know, behind the steering wheel, streaming as I'm, you know. Sure. It was on autopilot. The car drives for the people yeah, who. It drives. It drives itself. Yeah. Very um, upset at the Mommy Ohio. I hope that's how you say it. Supercharger. Mommy, yeah. Because you know how, like, most of the time you get in those superchargers and it's like 80 kilowatts, you know, and it's rolling. It's just juiced up and it's yeah. fast. This thing was operating at 36. Because was there a lot of cars plugged in? No, it? there's two. Oh, really? Yeah. Even with two? I don't two? know if the big, on, big energy thing was taking a break. But Come anyway. On. Be better. Be better. Update the system. So that, right, look, this was this is not the way that I thought it would go Saturday. I mean, I, I my second thing, buddy, was who's the second quarterback in? Yeah. Well, we didn't get a chance to play a yeah. second quarterback. Right? And that CJ was a big had surprise to me. I expected to see all four. I expected to me see too. all four. Yep. Me too. Yep. And and I think you factor that into the fact that CJ had his shakiest performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if what where are you? By the way, we're 14 minutes into this thing, and we haven't talked about Travion Henderson being exactly who we thought he elite. Would. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I mean, because Brando kept talking about CJ's nerves over and okay. over and over and I, over and over. I don't like being being crush broadcast guy because it's a tough job. You know how hard that job is. But what and I and I don't have a you know preference you know I, I'm not I'm not somebody who thinks anybody's out to get you or anything like that. I'll just say this on that crew: you got to be prepared. Yep, you got to be prepared. You have to know who people are. You have to be able to pronounce names correctly, and that wasn't the case. Nicholas that Petit Ferrer, Coombs, Coombs, defensive coordinator Coombs. I mean, you have to be prepared, right? So if you aren't one hundred percent sure, it's almost like they were doing a radio number. show. Yeah, amidst a football game, as opposed to, they were so worried about opinion on stuff that there was, you know, just the preparation wasn't there. So, uh, but that's what you get when you play, you know, who we play when you play. You think that's bad? It's going to be Akron this week. And and by the way, you out there, I'm talking to you, the fans. You're sending a message, yeah, pretty big message. Yeah, you so are. there's a lot to get to on the field and off. Uh, over the course of the next three here on a Reaction Monday. And, of course, Reaction Monday is sponsored by our great friends at Taco Bell. And we have a lot to react to today, including what three saw from the defense, what we saw from the offense, where are where are the things that need to be fixed, what improvements did we How have? How about the turf? Turf needs to be fixed. We can get into that next. Oh, my gosh. Like today, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, do we have today? the budget, or is that did it all go to the cross stadium? That- Right. Before somebody blows an ACL, can we get yeah. that going? Can we get that in the works now? Yeah. Can we get some yeah. grass in there? I, th- I feel like I've talked to enough turf guys. It seems like you ought to be able to do it. Um, lots to get to. Off and running. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. The offseason is a myth. Serving you 24 hours a day, seven days a week to feed your sports addiction. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. 
Heat or on the rocks? Just act accordingly. Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to, oh, first blood's on. I think I'll watch this again. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. My friends, mortgage rates have plummeted. They're at the lows of the year, and your home value's at the highs of the year. And you can take advantage of this unique situation, my friends, at Neighborhood Lender. You can refinance right now with Neighborhood Lender. You pay zero closing costs. Even skip the next one or two house payments altogether. They do this at Neighborhood Lender. They make refinancing easy. All digital, super fast platform. There's no paperwork. There's no junk fees. There's no big bank hassle. You can refinance right now, snake the rate of your lifetime, lower your house payment, and have no closing costs or and this is a big one you get cash out of your home's equity right now people are getting 40 50 60 thousand dollars out of their home and they're paying off debt or reinvesting into that home it's your biggest investment you can do that too but you need to act now get a better loan get cash out lower your payment pay zero in closing costs and skip your next house payment altogether call my friends at neighborhood lender 614-882-LOAN 614-882-LOAN neighborhoodlender.com equal housing lender nmls 69349 not all loans apply for no closing cost option and subject to lender approval i was uh look there's a lot that we need to talk about on the field but one thing that we need to talk about off, and you mentioned the turf, and here's the other one. I was floored when I heard the attendance number go public mm. at seventy six. I was 000. too. Um, so for multiple reasons, Bo. They they announced real quick. They announced that in the press box. Yeah. Usually at the end of the third quarter, middle of the third quarter, somewhere in there. And you know, I've been to dozens upon dozens of hundreds of games. It feels like at the place, and I don't remember it ever starting with anything other than a nine. And the majority of the time that I was, it started with a one. So when I saw that, acknowledging that we are in the middle of a of a pandemic, I get it. I understand that, uh, but I don't know that that was the reason. Yeah, there are a lot of other places going through that. I I'll put it this way: one, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, because there are a whole lot of other places around our country, um, Nebraska, you know, who announced their sellouts, and then you look and you're like, hmm, doesn't look like that to me. Yeah. Um, for instance, even at Michigan, they announced 106,000. Realistically, there was probably 91,000 there for Michigan, Northern Illinois. And there was not a lot of Northern Illinois fans there. Yeah. So I give them credit looking at you know the crowd. And look, I don't know what the tickets are. I don't know what the pricing are for either, right? Um, it makes you wonder about this weekend with Akron, you say, well, I'm sure a lot of Akron people will come, right? It's a cool trip to the shoe, but how many? Um, they're a 42-point underdog, so isn't it something like that uh, to spread that buddy, big? Buddy, Akron people don't go to Akron games. Well, so I don't, have it. I, mean, well, I don't know. Maybe one of them will see the horseshoe. You know, I, I see people I really giving away there. tickets. Um, and look, I mean, I'm calling the game, and we're having a deep conversation of like, do you even want to bring the girls for a half? You know? And it's like, well, I kind of want to get pictures, and I'm like, we can walk into the shoe anytime, take pictures. You know, like, do you really yeah, want to? Yeah, you should bring them. Look, this is this is that's Uncle Bo's thought. You should bring them because the you know first no, of all, there's not going to be that's huge crowds. That's really the issue. What's that? I can't find a sitter for Remy. That's the, that's oh, the real okay. issue. Okay, but, um, but me, still, it's like just... by the time it's a seven thirty kick, girls' yeah. bedtime is eight. Um, they say for a quarter. Yeah. No, I mean, well. It should be over in a quarter, but you get the point. Um, but no, I mean those are those are conversations that everybody's having. Is like the 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 mobile. I I I heard. I don't know. I didn't go, but I heard. I mean, I listened to Rothman talk about it from uh, the Oregon game that the mobile ticketing was a mess. Sure. Um, well, that's because people don't understand that you have to put it into the wallet. 
Right. Right. right? Then it's yep. then it then you don't need Wi Fi. You put it into the wallet of the phone and then you yep. don't need the Wi Fi. People right. get it stuck in yep. the Wi Fi and it won't There's load. No question. Yeah. Oh, where's my ticket? It's a you gotta put it in the wallet, kids. Yep. You put it in the wallet yep. and then you're safe. This is yep. a cross section of several issues that leads a to a lot of issues 000. happening at once. Yes. Yeah. So it's number one. It is an incredibly spoiled and we are an incredibly spoiled fan base that every time you go you win. That's yep. it. That's it. Every time you go you win. And it's there's you're spoiled. It's seventy five inch TVs in your house. I watch every college I watch, I'm at a point now where if I don't have at least two screens on watching football, I feel like I'm missing something. Like NFL, I got Browns on one TV and Red Zone on the other, right? Yeah. College, I've got our game on one and I've got another game on the other, so I can yep. keep an eye on both. Yep. So I can't have that experience going to the stadium, right? You're not going to yep. have that experience. So there's that. It's scheduling. It's scheduling. It's scheduling, yep. man. This yep. is garbage scheduling. But it was yep. scheduled this way in an era where you had 100,000 people there every time and you needed wins because you got to get to six wins and get to a bowl game. And that's the mentality. I'm not saying that's the Ohio State reality, but that's the mentality in scheduling is to have these type of games. The other thing I would add is these type of games probably should have been the opener. If you opened with Tulsa, you'd have 106,000 in there. Yep. Because they're week three coming off a loss, then it's this. The other thing to remember about this is – and it. I op- I was illuminated to it when we had the Oklahoma guest on. This is why Oklahoma went to the SEC. Yep. Because they can't sell Baylor, TCU, Kansas State, Kansas coming to Norman. Yep. They were having empty seats for conference games. Guess what? We're going to have empty seats for conference games. So it's all coming to a head. And that's how you get 76000 for a 330 kick against Tulsa. Yep. Ticket pricing, too. Add that. Mm-hmm. There's another one. Yep. It is um it's just a it's a frustrating um I, I just I'm shocked because with, with having no fans a year ago I guess I just expected the hunger to be back in the building to be at an all-time high no matter who the opponent was and the fact that the first time you had a chance was against Oregon. I, trust me, I am, this is this is a guy being understanding of the ticket pricing being where it is. Um, it's just, um, I don't know, there's a lot, like you said, we've mentioned all the issues. It's, it's a lot of crossroads of just different problems, different... Um, You've, you remember... The, it's a lot. You, there's a lot happening. There's a lot sure. happening in our world. Yeah. Um, there's a lot happening when it comes to college sports. Um. There, look, some of it is the the our own expectations being what they are. Um, I thought Rothman had a really good point, um, and I I heard this from other people who were in the building, is that against Oregon, our crowd wasn't even loud until they had to be loud, and I think a lot of that comes from our expectations of we're the better team, we're a fourteen point favorite against the Ducks, we're not playing well. We'll be okay. We're the, we're gonna snap out of this, and then oh wait, we're down seven, fourth quarter. They have the ball now. Let's get loud. But it isn't. It wasn't a loud, raucous place until it had to be, and that's some of that's our expectations. We've been a team that has walked through the regular season for multiple years, and instead of realizing oh well, this is gonna be a battle now, we don't view it as like oh yes, the Big Ten is you know better. It's more like 
I think the feeling is we're, we are woefully underachieving. And we're not the same. We're not the same elite whatever versus having the excitement of, man, that game against Penn State in the shoe, that's going to be a chance to be, whoo, that will be a good one. It's more of like, I can't believe Penn State's even close to us again. Mm-hmm. It, but that's because we've set it up that way. <laughs> and so it, it, it's a I'm, – I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. I'm like, like, look, when you have been as good as we have been, it's almost like a readjustment of, all right, some of these are going to be really close games and wins. And you're gonna have to take advantage of those W's when they come because if you're if you beat Penn State, it's not being Penn State by 14 anymore, right? Or 17. Maybe you beat them by three, and you're damn proud of it to beat to beat them by three in the shoe, you know? Because that's a good football team. Um, it's just an adjustment. It's a pair. It's it's a readjusting your paradigm to what and we've it, gotten accustomed to. It is. It's all of that. It's also supply and demand. When I first got here, course, the ticket price was 63 bucks for every game. It was 63 bucks, 2007. 60, 62, somewhere between 60 and 63. I remember it in the 60s. And the only way you could get them is you had to have you had to be a big donor, student, that's the way that it went. The demand was just incredible because nobody could get in there. Yep. And as all of these advances have happened since in those in the following 14 years, whether it's Wi-Fi capabilities, people wanting to be on their phone, wanting to be on social while watching games and commenting with their yep. friends, whether it's wanting to keep an eye on other games, whether whatever it is, all of these things that that use that that matter now, big screen TVs, HD, all of this. So all of the things are everything that is happening away from the stadium is improving, yep. and the stadium stayed the same, right? Yep. Still metal bleachers, still tough to get a bathroom, still tough Wi-Fi. All of those things. The stadium stayed the same, and the price went up. Yep. The price for the ticket went up. So their experience, the, the experience of going to the stadium stayed the same, and the price to get in went up. All the while, everything at home has been enhanced. Yep. Everything at home's better, and the stadium yep. did not react to that. Yep. It stayed. Now, they're fighting like hell to try to do it, but it might be a case, at, at, and this isn't just a conversation for us. I mean, this could be a conversation at Michigan or anywhere. It might be time at these type of places to put bucket seats in with seat backs mm. yep. and, and drink holders. Yep. It might be time to do those type of things. It might be time to make your experience better at the stadium because you're clear. this is a clear message being sent that Script Ohio ain't enough. Not at 150 bucks a ticket or whatever it is, whatever they were. I don't even know what the face value is. It's probably way high. My guess is the face value is a little less than 100 bucks. But you take four people and you park six, seven hundred dollars to go to a, to go watch them play Tulsa. Nah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I don't think I will do that. So the message has been sent, and so now how does big time college athletics? How do they respond? How do you make it better uh, and fix the turf? Fix the turf. Turf's dangerous. You can't coach. have that many people sliding, slipping. Yeah. It was mentioned against Oregon by it was obvious uh, Joel Klatt and them about how padded, matted down the turf was. Um, they put that stuff in in 2007. I'm not sure they've re- – it doesn't look like they've replaced it. I don't know. Maybe they have. Um, that could just be pure ignorance. But um, I, I think it's time to – Start looking there. When you have that many players slipping and sliding all over the place on both teams, um, especially our team, I mean, we right. we've pre- we've scrimmaged on it. <laughs> I mean, we we have more Someone's experience on that than their team. So it it is uh, the cleats haven't changed in the span of you know a few years. It, it's it's all the same. So I'm just we need to figure that out because we have guys slipping all over the place, and I've had multiple former players talk to me about the turf and and kind of the status of it and how bad it is. So 
Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just a, there's a bunch of issues um, when it comes to when it comes to that. So yeah, and we haven't even gotten to the on-field stuff where there's issues we need to talk well. about Travion Henderson. We're gonna we are dude, we're gonna have some fun with him. We'll have yep. some fun with Travion Henderson. We're going to have some fun with what we some of the positives that you take from the game. Certainly starts with number 32. Also want to get Threes' opinion on what he saw defensively in terms of the changes. You'll hear from Ryan Day on both of those things coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. When that alarm clock goes off, morning juice comes on. The perfect way to dominate your day or just lay around the house. Morning juice. Weekdays at 6. The Fan. The- it's Bishop and Laurinaitis' is What's Up. What's up, man? Slow Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. Well, I think What's Up is Travion Henderson. 24 carries, 277, and three touchdowns for the fabulous freshman. Here was Ryan Day postgame on Travion. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, each running back is different, but he's somebody that can hit home runs, and that's that's special. I mean, he has that special talent. That um, you know, when you give it to him and he gets to the second level, he makes a guy miss. It could be a home run, and uh, and that's that's a whole different dynamic. And, and you know, he's going to have to learn to make you know a, an ugly three and four and turn a, a gain of four to five or six, and not look for that home run all the time. And but that's the give and take that you, you have with with somebody like Travion. But uh, but what a, what an exciting start to his uh, freshman career here, or a freshman year. So week one, he's the third back to get carries. Week two, he's the second. Week three, he's the starter. Yeah, and carries it twenty four times. It was um, a big push by the uh, broadcasters for more Master Teague too. I wondered if there was a personal relationship. And what's interesting is, um, I, I thought it was an overblown narrative on managing personalities. I think that's every coach. I don't think that we have a ego issue. Now I'm not in the locker room, sure, but I know the kind of people that we recruit. I don't think we have a an ego issue, um, as was hinted, but I it was encouraging to see him get. This is what we've wanted. Like when we said, "Hey, what have we wanted to see in our three things over the last few weeks?" Is like we want to see more Trevion Henderson because you heard yep. so much through camp. You saw the ability week one. Um, those runs, a lot of them. The difference between like the production on the ground against Minnesota where we had gaping holes and what Trevion Henderson was able to do. Sure, there were some nice holes, but making those, the difference is, and this is just my humble opinion, if that is Master Teague in the game, those are 15, 20-yard gains, right? It's downhill. I'm seeking contact. I'm going to hit you, which is fine. If it's Mayan Williams, maybe it's a 35-yard gain. You know, breaks a tackle here, a little shifty here. Yeah, but with Trevion Henderson, the difference is their home runs. It's the speed. It's the it's the make you miss in the open field. Mm-hmm. That's why people have nicknamed him around the building, uh, Little Saquon. Yeah, it's that ability that a simple check down, a simple swing, a zone play. I mean, the one touchdown run. He he makes the uh, the safety miss in the open field, then breaks another tackle. I mean. Those are three, four play like moves in one run that other backs go down, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the difference. That's how you know yeah. someone is is special is the stuff in the open field. So um that's what I was super impressed with. Well, and I don't know where you're where you are without him. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know where you are without him because offensively he was about the only certainty. 
uh, was was Travion Henderson with the 24 carries for two. It's it's a stunning performance, um, and and it's why after even after week one, um, you know we were talking about you know freshman year Reggie Bush, uh, that that get up and go baby Saquon whatever you want to call him, he has that quality. Yeah, and you can't coach it, you can't train it. Like you just have that, and he has it, and and he is um, pretty pretty quickly established himself as the most special part of our offense. Um, and he was exceptional, extraordinary. I do think there's a reason to be concerned for our inability to throw the ball with any effectiveness um, coming off of, of what we did against Oregon. Uh, I think it's concerning that Chris Olave doesn't catch a pass. It's a problem. He's yeah. a first-rounder. That I know I know one went off his hands. Um, I get it. Uh, but beyond that, that can't happen. So there are some things that happen in the passing game that were a little eye-opening yeah. for me because I thought it would come pretty easy against Tulsa. You'd think that it should have, yep. and it didn't. Um, so this goes back to the conversation we were having last week about all of last week, the conversation, and we'll get to the defense in a second, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, we spent so much time last week on the defense, and you and I, I said on the program last week, hey, wait a second, we only scored 28. Right. Right? Like, yep. Oregon scored what they scored, but I, that's not that, that wasn't that, that, I expected that. I expected us to be in the fours. Right. And we were in the twos. So, offensively, we've got some things we've got to sort out too. And yeah. I think they came home to roost a little bit in the game on Saturday. Now, long season, you get Akron this week, you can start to sort things out. Um, but, and this is why I asked you, we were, we talked about defensive identity, and, and I, we said that, I know we talked about this last week. What's our identity offensively? Yeah. When it's well, third and I hope seven, it's the football. I think it is now. I think yeah. it probably is, and then the play yeah. action off of that. Um, but then, if you don't have a willing runner at quarterback, then then that changes that a little bit too in the college game. So on third and seven, what's our money? What's our what's our go to? How are we get yeah. when we play Penn State? How are we get a first down when we need one? Yeah, that's got to get sorted out between now and then. What's What's interesting. Um, is that <laughs> we didn't have a completion longer than 20 yards, which is so unlike us. Right. In a football game against a team that has inferior talent. So that's, an, I mean, obviously we talked about Olave not getting the ball. Look, if ever, if other people were, were working, right, like if, if they were doubling Olave and it was, hey, so-and-so's wide, Garrett's wide yeah. open and Jackson's wide <laughs> open and all that, it, it, I'm not, I'm more shocked because I know how good Olave is that he didn't get a reception, then I am, um, like, angry at, like, oh, that's, a, that's an indicator that we're not good enough. And, no, I, yeah. I just think, you know, people are going to try to take him away, right? So, right. Um, now I'm shocked that Tulsa was able to. I'm shocked that we missed it. I missed him. Um, but it's only the third time that we've had fewer than 200 passing yards in a game under Coach Day. Right. Um it is the fewest that we've had um, in a non-conference game since the home loss to Oklahoma in 2017. Mm-hmm. But you have to wonder why the struggles were there. Some of it was CJ, you know. Yeah, he, he, it look, was his early, worst game for sure. Here's, here, so here's the theme so far. No matter who the opponent, Minnesota. Uh, we actually mentioned it after Minnesota, but Minnesota, Oregon, and and Tulsa, we don't start fast. No, on offense or defense. CJ looks anxious early in games. Um, and then the other thing that happens, Bo, um, real quick, I know we're, we're way past it, but 
the other thing that happens is we have we have issues. I just think we have issues when it comes to um, even look. Ryan Day is an elite at adjusting, yeah. right? But at some point, do you get down Oregon? But do you get down in the game? To where those adjustments or the defense adjusts to at halftime, right? Like they have a first half, second half package, which we had in the NFL quite a bit, where you run a certain zone in the whole first half, second half, you never run it again, right? So they're saying, hey, hey, hey they're running, you know, a lot of cover three, a lot of quarters, you know, we're going to do this versus that, and all, all second half you do, man. Yeah. And they're like, wow, where'd the quarters go? Well, you know, that's why we had two game plans, you know, so, but it just, it just seems like we start slow, and I don't understand why. I don't either. Uh, I want to get your opinion on what you saw defensively. Kerry Combs obviously went in the booth. Uh, Matt Barnes mm. calling the defensive scheme this uh, this week in the game against Tulsa. Some of the same problems were there, including an inability to get off the field on third down. Uh, I want to get Threes' uh, opinion on what he saw defensively. That's coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Your home of the Buckeyes, Jackets, NFL, Major League Baseball, and pretty much everything you can shake a stick at. What? It's a saying. The Fan. Their favorite sport is berating their producer. You just sat there for ten minutes. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And join the fan, Ted TV, and the Ohio Education Associations. We honor classroom heroes at these times. Teachers and educators need the support and recognition more than ever. You can nominate your classroom hero at 971thefan.com slash heroes. Uh, well, very clearly some changes made defensively for the Bucks, uh in the win over Tulsa. What would you make of them? Um, a work in progress. When you change philosophy, which it seemed like we did, um, you saw so much man against Oregon. You saw hardly any against Tulsa. A lot of zone stuff thrown in there. There's a lot of nuances if you're not majoring in those zones um, to kind of figure out. I still think that our past, I mean, our past defense is still really bad. Um, yeah. Now, is that rush? Is it coverage? It's obviously both, right? I mean, yeah. it's. Rush and coverage go hand in hand. You can be aggressive in the back end if you know the quarterback has to get rid of the football when you have a Chase Young on the D line. When yep. you don't, you know the DBs get blamed. But you know Greg Williams would come in and have a giant stopwatch that he'd put in the D line room when our D line wasn't getting to the quarterback, and be like, "You take your behind out there and try covering somebody for four plus seconds." You know, tell me how that goes for you. Sure. Um, and That's so it why goes they drafted Miles Garrett in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why 428 passing yards to Tulsa and 501 total yards. Jeez. Um, I better not see any winning performances. You will. I guarantee you will. Can't um, be any. Denzel Burke. We've allowed 20 plus points in five straight games. That's the second longest streak in school history. I thought that was pretty amazing. Um, just because 20 points, man, it just tells you at some point in time we're able to put the clamps down. But um, yeah, man, I just. I, I'm not trying to overreact to this one because it's such a change. There's a new voice coming in with Coach Barnes mm-hmm. calling plays. Um, you're trying to change philosophy midseason against teams that are looking at what you do and trying to adjust as well. Although I will say like, there's no way Tulsa should have 501 total yards on you. Um, no. Just on pure talent level alone, um, it, it's... It just, it, it, I'm starting to see players that I really am enjoying watching. Denzel Burke, obviously one of them. He's good. Um, yeah. We're, 
I think that the rotating of players this week was different than last week. Just for there, there's still a lot of players that play, but they rotated a lot because I think they're trying to find who they can trust and who they can roll with going forward. Um, it's going to be a long Big Ten season. It looks like it's going to be an intense Big Ten schedule. Yes. Um, there are teams across the board that we are more talented than, but will we are will our understanding of the schemes? be good enough in order to... And look, I think this is the first time Matt Barnes called plays in his life, maybe. Yeah, I, I believe um, that to be true. Yeah. So there's a lot, and that's why you have Paul Rhodes on staff to try to help him out um, and stuff. And I thought they overblew the fact that he was you know, help, down there helping. Like, yes, he's a part of it because he can help with game planning. He can help give his opinion on things, but he cannot coach on the field. He cannot be hands-on with players. So... He can talk to Matt Barnes directly and say, hey, I think you should go with this call or this call or this call. But he can't go over to Taraja Mitchell and say, talk about technique or anything. You know, There's limitations to what an analyst can do. You can, now you can scream at the radio and say, yeah, right, I, I get it. Trust me, you think all those analysts at Alabama aren't doing anything? I, I get it. Um, but regardless, uh, there's a lot of new stuff that was put in, so I'm not going to overreact to yeah, how some of it fair. looked. However... I'm still of the opinion that you could you could call one defense against a team like Tulsa and you should be able to execute in a certain way. Um, well, I mean, I'm watching Jahan Dotson on Saturday night, and I'm going, that's going to be a problem. Sean Clifford was 28 to 32. Yeah, for Penn State, like yeah. he's got he's improved since the Wisconsin yeah. game. Mm-hmm. He looks like a confident player, and Dotson's a straight up dude. There are teams along the way. That's, you know, like so, you got some time, but even not, though I mean, like, Rutgers is not Rutgers tricky. of old, I'm not no. saying we have to worry about Rutgers, but they're not the Rutgers of old. And they're going to fight. Isaiah Pacheco's going to get some yards. Yeah. Bo Melton's going to try to get some yards on the outside. Isaiah Washington, then Maryland. I mean, Maryland won a game where they did not play great offensively, which is their strength. They had to shut it down on D, and they won a game. I thought Illinois had every opportunity to win that football game. So it's almost like Maryland tried to lose, but they still have skill and NFL guys at wide receiver. Sure. Um, I mean, Michigan State's better. Michigan Michigan has running plays that we haven't seen and we might not see until we play them. And we haven't shown the, a great ability to stop the run yet. So there's a whole lot of stuff that – but it's a long season. So long what season. you're hoping now is that these young players that are getting opportunities see their mistakes, and then the next time they're out, they correct the mistakes. So Well, we'll find out in a couple we'll of weeks. Uh, with, with we won't Rutgers find out this week. We won't yeah, find out this could, week. No, 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 not. Well, we'll do a little higher, lower coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis, right here on The Fan. First Fridays are a thing. Drinking bad bourbon is not a thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And it is a Reaction Monday edition of the program. And on a Reaction Monday, we are sponsored by our great friends at Taco Bell. Right here on Ohio Sports Destination. Uh, one thing we like to do every single Monday in the 10 o'clock hour is go over the AP poll with a little higher or lower. We like to do this with Chops when we can, and he is here. Hit it, Chops. It's time for Higher or Lower on Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, here we go. Let's start with the Buckeyes. They fell one spot to number 10, higher or lower. Uh, I got to go lower, honestly, based on what we've seen. I mean, this is why the preseason poll matters. If, if you're judging just on what's happened on the field and just watching them play, 
Yeah. Is our two and one better than Florida's? Is our two and one better than Notre Dame's three and zero or Ole Miss's three and zero? No, probably not. You know, it don't mean you're not going to get back there. Heck, the team. Oh, no. Row the boat helped us out, though. Row the boat. Row the boat was impressive. That did. A and M goes and struggles with Colorado. They stay number seven. I'll get to A and M. But the boat rowers, thirty to nothing. Yeah. Woo, PJ. I'd have a crow hop with the oar and smack the buffaloes. Really did. He's going for that USC job. He wants to put an yeah, oar on that. Thing. Hey, you're not holding a sword anymore when you direct the band after the game. You're holding a damn traveler oar. comes out with an oar. Yep. <laughs> yep. It won't stick into no the turf. No, we're gonna carve the tip of the oar into a spear. PJ, there's, there's no river here. Well, you can oar in the ocean. Damn right, you can. Get a canoe. Yep. They've got that L.A. What was river. The team? I don't even know what team we were talking about. Oh, us. Um, right. <laughs> but guys, um, you'd have to argue that the 3-0 and from Ole Miss, you'd have to argue the 3-0 and from BYU, you have to argue maybe the 2-1 and from Florida. Do they get you know, a little Good love with a loss? They got you some know? nice wins early. Yeah. It has been, yeah. You beat, beat Arizona State. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm fine with us being 10, but... Uh, I could definitely understand arguments for being lower. You brought up Ole Miss was going to go there next. They're at 13th, higher or lower? I Yeah, higher. <laughs> I mean, have you watched Notre Dame? Yeah. Have you watched Notre Dame, people? I mean, that, that, that to me, um, yeah, I would have Ole Miss higher, at the very least, above Notre Dame. I'd have them above just undefeated, above Florida, possibly. I, I, I'm totally fine with... Uh, they've looked... Corrales looked everything that we talked about in the offseason, right? Yeah. Um, so, I would say higher. You know, the thing The thing with Ole Miss is you knew that they would be good offensively with, with Matt Corral. You knew that. Um, but, but what they've been defensively and the improvements they've shown there has been pretty impressive. Let's remember Tulane went toe-to-toe and moved it up and down the field on Oklahoma... Ole Miss beat them sixty-one to twenty-one. So there, there, there's a little bit of bounce in their step, and that's why we talked about about them in the summer. Like if anyone could yep. get make some noise in the West that you're not thinking about, this this might be the team in the SEC West. Mm-hmm. They play Bama. They're off this week, and then they play Bama in Tuscaloosa October second. Mm-hmm. That'll be a big one. Michigan State has joined the rankings, debuting at number twenty. Higher or lower? Jeez, uh, pretty impressive. The way welcome that the- to the party, Sparty. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. I don't know. I don't know what this season will make for Mel, Mel Tucker's team, but I'll tell you this about Mel Tucker's team: they believe in what he's selling. Yep, they are bought into what he's selling. They play fast. They play physical. They run to the ball. It's it is impressive the way that they've responded to him, and they have a little more talent than I thought. Miami's a mess. But they treated them like they were a mess. Yeah. They have similar names at Michigan State that I remember from even D'Antonio. Now, Walker third is a, is a transfer. Um, Peyton Thorne is a recruit. But at wide receiver, Jalen Naylor, when he was a freshman, was all over the place. Then he got hurt. He's battled injuries at the end of Mark's career. Uh, it's good to see him back making plays, catching, catching balls for them as well. And defensively, they've they've had guys. I mean, Xavier Henderson's a dude at safety number three. Um, and, and you're right; they just have belief, man, and they're flying to the ball. So I'm, I don't know if they're 20 or whatever, but it's good to see them ranked. And um, 
it's good to see, obviously, Sparty back in relevancy, right? Um, especially after a year ago. I think what we're finding out, and this is what a, a lot of this has been in both ways. And what was interesting was that week one, Bo, when I was talking to Greg Shiano about this. Yeah. He goes, I don't want to be, you know, the guy to put the fire out, you know, and, and be the negative Nancy in the conversation. He's like, but I think what we'll find out a lot about teams this year is that last year was a fluke for some. And so although we had a good season a year ago, I just pumped the brakes on a lot of, like, these expe- – I don't know what we are because there's no fans. There's no weird stuff that happens because there's fans and college kids and they fall into that. He's like, I think there's some teams that had more successful seasons than maybe they shouldn't have. Yeah. He goes, and I think there's some teams – he's like, you mean to tell me that you think Penn State's not for real? Michigan State with the new stat. He went through like the teams and just said, and I think what you're finding is Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and on the flip side, Indiana maybe. And you're saying, what was real, what wasn't? But he was pumping the brakes like we were like, hey, you know, what do you think about bowl? Can you find a way to stick? He's like, bowl. He's like, I'm just trying to get, you know, trying to get through the non-conference, you know. And then we'll go with bowl games. We start with Michigan and Ohio State. We're not talking about bowl. He's like, I'm worried about a, a serious regression because of no fans. He was very realistic hmm. with that about evaluating his team. So um, I don't know what they are yet, but it's good to see them back. UCLA fell 11 spots to 24th after he lost to Fresno State. Higher or lower? <sighs> I'm just so disappointed. It stinks. I was so hopeful for like an undefeated UCLA Oregon Pac-12 championship. And to think that UCLA would be, you know, the team in LA to come about. Because I, I love their uniform. The uniform They're beautiful. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. And, um, it really is. But, yeah. I When you look at teams around them, I, I'm fine with them being 24th. Once you get down to past 20 anyway, I mean, we're talking about NC, Fresno State, Auburn. I think Auburn's better than Fresno. I think Auburn's better than North Carolina, for sure. You know, so... It, it all just kind of it becomes a mix mash well there. Uh, I'll say this at least the AP got it right if you flip over to the coaches UCLA's 24 and Fresno State's 25 they just played yeah they just played yep well, what it, are you doing coach nothing makes sense Jeez. you know you know nothing makes sense I, I, I'm doing? just gonna put it at that not a lot makes sense I don't want to go down any other roads, but the AP coaches poll will just stay there. Cincinnati stays at number eight following their win over Indiana, higher or lower? I'd have them above A&M. I'm sorry. I know this is not an A&M conversation, but it's really bothering me that they are getting all of this love. It's as if people are just, it's as if the people were told before the year, hey, we're going, and I know Spiller's good at tailback, and I know they yep. have players at tight end and on the D line. I get it; they got athletes. There's no question. There's nothing that we have seen from Jimbo Fisher or, frankly, any coach at Texas A&M that leads you to believe that they're worthy of being ranked the fifth best team in the coaches, seventh in the AP. What have you yep. seen this year to lead you to believe that? Other than people telling you they're going to be good, I never understood it. I didn't understand it in the beginning. I mean, they lost Kellen Mond; he was like a four-year starter there. Yeah, who was going to play quarterback? And then their quarterback gets hurt. Yep. And so then they got to go to the backup. So, yes, this is more of a conversation about Texas A&M being too high. It's a nice win for Cincinnati, especially the way that it started, as Luke alluded to you in the text. 
They needed to have it. They have no margin for error. But it bugs me that that A&M is sitting ahead of them. Did you hear? Might bug me that Oklahoma's ahead of them too, by the way. <laughs> they yes. should have won. They should have won. I mean, Nebraska should have won the game. Same. And, and we're talking, oh, Oklahoma, I mean, and, and they're getting saved by the DB's one-handed catch on top ten. That's why people are like, oh, Oklahoma, so they good. Two no, point Oklahoma's con- not that good. Conversion returned. They had the one-handed p- kick, uh, <sighs> catch. The kicker from Nebraska missed two field goals? Yeah. It's a tip- it was a typical, I mean, it was Nebraska football summed up of the, la- of the Scott Frost era. Drive, yeah. drive, 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 false start, holding, go back, yeah. drive, drive, interception, and you're like, Extra point blocked for a two-point conversion. Just stupid mistakes. Yeah, they should have won. To where they were so close to getting such a monumental upset. Look, look, I think Nebraska, I have a better view of Nebraska after that. Now, here's the question. Would it surprise you at all if Nebraska lost to, like, a Maryland? No, no it wouldn't. I'm, so, I'm fully expecting they will. Yes. So, anyway, besides the point. Um, yes, I don't think that Oklahoma is that good. Um... But for Cincinnati, I saw this stat watching the Notre Dame game. It's more of a Notre Dame thing. <laughs> Wisconsin's off, was off this week. They play yeah. Notre Dame. Cincinnati has a bye. They play Notre Dame. The next five teams that Notre Dame plays come off a bye. Oh, jeez. And um, I heard I heard Tarico say it. He goes, look, let's be honest. These are conference commissioners as they do their scheduling. Realize they're an independent. It's multiple conferences making sure that their teams have a bye before they play the Irish. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is no secret. This has gone on for a while. But the thing about that team has to play five freshly rested, two weeks of preparation teams back to back to back to back. You got Wisconsin in, at Soldier Field this weekend, and then obviously Cincinnati goes to South Bend. Yeah. All right, I'll hit you with one more because you took Oklahoma from it, so we'll stop with this one. BYU jumped up eight spots to 15 after their win versus Arizona State. Higher or lower? Big 12, here they come. Yeah, I'm fine with where they are. I actually do want to talk a little bit more about Oklahoma, Chopper. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that from you because I think that's more interesting. There, there's no... there's no. If you watch college football, it is absolutely beyond explanation that Oklahoma is ahead of Iowa and Penn State. Nothing. Yep. There's nothing that you've seen yep. that would lead you to believe that Oklahoma right now is better than Iowa and Penn State. Totally agree. Nothing. This ought to go Bama, Oregon, or Georgia, however you want that, because Georgia's defense is ridiculous. So if you want to yep. go Bama, Georgia, Oregon, then the next one, I would have Penn State probably fourth, and then Iowa right behind them. But yep. you can't tell me that what you've seen has Oklahoma better, and Texas A&M shouldn't be in the, shouldn't be in the conversation. Yep. Here's a Here's a note for you. Nebraska held Oklahoma to, what, 23 points? Their fewest since 2016 opener against Houston. It snapped the longest streak of 27-plus points in FBS history, which was 65 games by the Sooners. The next closest like team in that record is at like 32 games of 27 points plus. 65 wow. games wow. in a row. That is why they are ranked where they are. This is not that Oklahoma. No, it's not. Because Nebraska's defense is not the black shirts. No. They might be better, but they are not. that's not the black shirts out there. No. That's not even Sue and those guys out there. Oh, gosh, no. no. You know? So let's – anyway. I'm pretty sure that that Oklahoma team lost to Tom Herman in Houston that year, and yeah. that was Stoops' last year. And then it was yeah. Lincoln Riley for 17. 
Um, that's the way that that went. So, all right. You saw Michigan up close and personal. Penn State with a big win. We will get into both of those things coming up next. Austin Ward at the bottom of the hour on what he saw from the Bucks. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Feel unappreciated. Things not working out the way you imagined. Bad news. Sometimes life sucks. Good news. We don't. The Fan. Ohio's sports destination. If you say something with confidence, then you can't be wrong. I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Well, you got to see firsthand uh, what to make of this Michigan team, uh, 63-10 to 10 over Northern Illinois. They ran and they ran and they ran some more. Uh, what, were you, what did you take away uh, from what Michigan is in the program and, and just kind of the vibe up there? Uh, they have deep belief in what they are doing. Uh, they have deep pride in the ground game. They are... So the one area, I'll put the positives. There, Blake Corum is fun to watch. Hassan Haskins is the downhill, Dwayne's cousin, by the way, but the downhill. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, the, you know, the, the, just like every other tandem in, in football in general. He would be the it, thunder. You know, it's thunder and lightning, right? Yeah. So, um, but Haskins is the, the physical slasher, can break a tackle. Blake can, too. That's the thing, is that Blake... So there's been a lot about Blake's lower body strength. He's only 5'8", but he is strong. Like You can tell. like You don't have that kind of lateral quickness and burst unless you're strong at that size. Um, and he definitely has that. Very um, Darren Sproles-ish. But, like, he's bigger than Darren Sproles, but just like you know how like the lateral burst and then also has the home run speed? Yep. Like That's what you get the sense when you're watching him. There are some holes where you're like, how did he slither through there watching the film? And then, you know, there's a shake and gone, boom. And, and you're like, oh, wow, there's a special ability there. Um, Donovan Edwards is learning, but you can tell he's gotten better week after week after week. This is usually an issue with um, freshman tailbacks. And, and I have a story about freshman linebackers too, but freshman tailbacks, what have they usually done when they're in high school? Usually they get the ball. Oh, it's crowded inside. Let me bounce it around bounce everybody. It. I'm better than everybody. I bounce it and I go hit a home run, right? Um, and so a lot of preaching about him getting north south, north south. Mike Hart telling him north south, like you need to understand that putting your foot in the ground and getting five is a is a that's a great run, you know. Um, and so you saw that this game he got north south and uh, had had a nice touchdown run himself. You see why he was highly touted. Um, as a the linebacker, flip of that is every linebacker in high school just runs through offensive linemen. Why? Because if you're two fifteen, most old guards are two forty. You know, right. in high school, at least for the for me. So what do you do? Do you use hat and hands and shed? No, you just run. You put your shoulder into his chin. You run through the old lineman, and you go make a tackle. And then you do that and try to do that against Nick Mangold, and then he baptizes you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on <laughs> scout team, and then you know you come up a new person. Um, it, it It is – you really don't – like when you get to college, you really don't even – like, and it goes for every position, right? Like corner, technique, like I'm just fast. I can cover this cat. Yeah, okay, no, right. no, no, no. Everyone's fast up here. Now let's hone in on technique. Where can you take the next step? When you have that much skill and you get the technique, that man, that's talent. So I think Michigan knows who they are now more than ever on offense. What I want to see against them against Rutgers is I want to see, and we saw it a little bit, but I want to see, we saw a couple throws from Cade. There was a throw up to seam to Eric All, the tight end, who's a monster. Mm-hmm. Um 
big dude, and they ask their tight ends to do a ton, a ton in the blocking game, whether it's bluff box, meaning zone schemes, and they come back and block a D-end, whether it's counters inserting up and blocking a linebacker, they ask them to do everything. So naturally, if you run the ball three weeks in a row for over 330 yards, the play-action passes have to be wide open. Sure. The bootlegs have to be wide open. The the f- quick fake seam routes have to be there. Cade just has to hit them. So the performance he has can work. Like I don't ever expect Michigan to have Cade McNamara be 25 of 35 for 315 yards and three touchdowns. That's not how they're going to win games this year. He can be 18 of 20, 16 of 20, 185 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And you're saying, we can win that way. Because they're going to stick with the ground game. I think the difference is in years past when they try to be physical on the run, if they failed through two quarters and they didn't get anything going, they move away from it. Not the case. He will stick with it. And it's almost like a pride. Like he, As they kept getting down in the red zone against Northern, I'm like, a bootleg or like a pop pat? Like, it is so obvious. Yeah, they just don't But care. he's having such a fun, prideful time saying, they know we're going to run. Hey, guess what, guys? We're running the ball right here try to stop as I asked him I said is it pride like is it a sense of pride that you're getting in four minute drill with like the whole fourth quarter sometimes third quarter and he goes yeah he's like but you know in his weird way but the sense of pride for me is the fact that when you see really good players on the other team like against Washington start cutting your offensive lineman because to me that means he's like it's one thing for a DB to come up and cut a lineman right they create a pile but for like a linebacker that will be playing on Sundays to come up and he's like, I've had enough. I'm not high hat and hands anymore. And he takes out your lineman's knees and gives himself up on the play. That's pride. Yeah, That means that we've worn him out. And that's what we've had the first few weeks. And I'm like, it's a good point. It's a really good point. Yeah. Um, but they need to take that next step. The next step is not, and it just doesn't mean to me Cade being a certain way. It just needs to be, can you make the one or two, can you hit on the two deep throws that you need to hit on? Because if you can hit on those, there'll be touchdowns. Because teams are going to obviously load the box against them. But you got to hit on those. You mentioned the word pride, and I, I think that James Franklin has that at Penn State. Yeah. They, they, there's about a million times on Saturday night that they could have bailed, and other Penn States maybe would have, but they didn't. They stuck with it. Some of the calls were just brutal. I mean, they yep. legitimately, folks, if you didn't watch this game, they literally were forced to punt on third down because they blew it. Yeah, I mean that that happened. There were yep. other things that happened over the course Incredible, of the game. Incredible, by the way. The SEC just, fishing and crews had a rough weekend. The, the, they had oh my god, the, the no grounding on Bo Nix. Yep, the non grounding on Bo Nix. I mean, those could have all of those things could have crushed you. They stuck with it and they won. And they got stops when they needed to get stops. They got Sean Clifford for all as critical as I've been of him. That's a big boy game. Twenty eight to thirty two. Yep. That's big boy. Uh, Jahan Dotson is pretty special. He's really special. And and they, they are going to be, you've always said, they've got a lot of guys. they got yep. guys who can play, big-time guys who can play, and they look like they're starting to have a little bit of belief in what they're doing. And I think that I think it's the most dangerous Penn State team that we've, had, we've seen come in here since McSorley and Saquon. Yep. I, I really do. I, I think that they're going to be, based on where we are and where they are. And see, that's the important thing. It's based on where we are. Yes, of Going course. into the season, I think a lot of people thought, we need to focus on us. We can't worry about Ohio State. We can't worry. Let's just worry about us, right? Let's sure. get better each and every week, and we'll worry about the Buckeyes when we get there. Now you see Oregon coming to the shoe. 
beat Ohio State, continue narrative and problems defensively against Tulsa. I, I don't think that our, our defense is just going to become dominant against Rutgers and as we open up Big Ten play. And so these issues will still be... Now there's a belief, like if you're in Happy Valley and you've watched what Oregon did, and yep. you look around at your roster and you say, hold on, guys, we have the same dudes here that the Oregon has. Yep. We can... Yeah, now there's a belief. We can beat that team. That team's not invincible anymore. Yep. Especially not in the shoot. Like, so there's a... It, it's both. It's not just... It's both. Yes. It's both. It's, it's the fact that we've shown chinks in the armor. Not even chinks in the armor. We've gotten beat and continued chinks in that armor, right? We've put stuff on film that we can't or haven't defended. Uh, things offensively. Teams know that it's not Justin Fields at quarterback, although yep. CJ's had his moments. So there's a lot. There's a lot there that... Uh, that teams will be confident coming in to, to play us. Yeah, certainly is. Um, speaking of us, Austin Ward with his perspective on what he saw from the Buckeyes in Week 3. Coming up next, Bishman Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets hockey. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Hippie drinking responsibly with a touch of class. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, time to head out on the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our great friend Austin Ward, of course, of Letterman Row, and he joins us on the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. All right, Austin. Um, all right, let's do positives first. We've been waiting for Travion Henderson <laughs> because we everything you heard was that he was this exceptional. And, and you go back even to, to Gus and, and Joel Clad on the call against Minnesota when they said, look, we have never had anybody – at Ohio State, talked to us about a running back the way that they talked about Travion Henderson. So we, and you'd seen it, you'd heard the whispers, and boy, what, what a coming out party for him. I don't know where you would have been without him. I'm glad we don't have to consider it. But how special could this be for him the rest of this season? Uh, really special, especially uh, when you combine his skills uh, with the fact that uh, defenses are going to have to continue to account for Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and those receivers in the passing game, uh, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to run for a lot of yards. And he knows how to turn two and three into four and five and four and five into a lot more than that. I thought it would take four, five, six weeks maybe before this sort of transition began for Ohio State. But then the sense of urgency that comes from Oregon, you're going to have to turn to your best players to win games. And Travion Anderson is already that for Ohio State. Austin, more surprising to you, A, Chris Olave doesn't have a catch in a football yeah. game, or B, we don't see a second quarterback playing against Tulsa. Oh, my goodness, James. Uh, I brought my A game for you today, man. I'm locked <laughs> that, in. That is, a, that is a tough one. I, I, th- I never thought that there would be a situation where Chris Olave didn't have a catch. So I can, I can sort of understand why B happened. Yeah. Um, now, I don't um, – I'm starting to have my doubts about that and, and the way that the quarterback situation is being managed when C.J. Stroud is clearly, clearly not 100% uh, with the shoulder issue. But, you know, I know that Chris Olave will kick himself for that one drop. We know how hard he takes any setbacks, whether it's for the team or him personally. Yeah. Uh, so he'll come back, I'm sure with a with a great week of practice um from that drop but you know it's that's that's just 
I think they're tied. A and B are kind of tied together because that passing attack was not what Ohio State expects, and I don't think that C.J. Stroud at this point should be expected to deliver that um, when he's not fully healthy. So Ohio State, look, they, I know that they wouldn't want to start a quarterback controversy, and I think that you can understand the hesitancy to do so. Um, but Ryan Day has also said they need – all the quarterbacks on the roster to get through a long season, a long physical season, and Kyle McCord is not taking a snap at the collegiate level, and he is the backup quarterback for this team, whether they want to publicly admit it or not. So there has to be some thought about how you manage Akron when anyone I could play quarterback in Ohio State could win the game. He needs reps, because, and C.J. Stroud needs rest. I don't, I'm not sure that it should be that difficult of a decision in my mind. Well, that's where I want to go next because, you know, we were told all off season through spring, uh, through the off season, through fall camp that it was close, uh, with CJ. Yeah. Even though all of us kind of in the back of our mind were like, okay, it's, it's CJ's gig, right? And you keep seeing him do the shoulder thing. He makes reference to it. You can see it. So if he's not, if he's not a hundred percent and it doesn't, and I think we can all very clearly see that he's not. Is, is it just as simple as what you said, Austin? Because that would seem to be a little bit of, bit of – that would seem to be an odd thing that just for the sake of not wanting to create a quarterback controversy. I mean, these guys, in, in the effort in, – in the case of Jack and – I mean, Kyle, they've been here a while. Quinn's been here a little over a month. But, I mean, the other guys have been here a while. They certainly should be up to speed enough to be able to play. Yeah, Quinn Ewers is not really, you know, part of this conversation. And, sure. And if I'm, and if I'm reading – uh, you know, the tea leaves wrong. I don't think that I am. But even if it's Jack Miller instead of Kyle McCord, it doesn't matter. You know, I think uh, you could have easily said on Saturday that there's just going to be a situation in the second quarter where we always planned it, we scripted it, we wanted Kyle to get some reps. You know, I, we've seen that before. I, I think that there's just, you know, we've had these conversations in the past about what do you do about managing three, four quarterbacks in this room when they're so talented and and free transfers and all this other stuff, this delicate balance that, that it's not easy, and I don't envy Ryan Day for making these decisions or, or Kevin Wilson or Corey Dennis in, in the room. But, you know, this I'm not sure what happened on Saturday. Does any of those guys any favors? The coaching staff, the players, uh, the rest of the offense? Um, C.J. Stroud has proven that he's tough, and if that's, you know, part of it to get that leadership, great. But, I'm not sure that he has to at this point, uh, certainly not against Akron. Uh, and and even if Kyle McCord plays really well, you still can can come back in the next week and say, well, he, you know, this, this shoulder injury was a problem. We wanted to get him healthy to get ready for the Big Ten. Like, anybody is going to roll out and probably play pretty well against Akron. But you still have to go out and do it once. And that hasn't happened for these other guys. That's uh, all three of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised because I think a lot of the rhetoric we heard was that all three are going to play. Um, right. You even heard from the players, you know. So I mean, it tells me that they have been told like all three of you are going to play. I, I thought we would have seen all three um, by now. Maybe we will this Saturday night. Um, Austin, defensively, <sighs> thoughts on Matt Barnes calling plays? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that was a necessary change that needed to happen? Thoughts on the new look defense and just. The question that Bo and I have been asking, do we have the front four to get pressure um, like we've had in the past? And I know those are really high expectations because of the guys we've had here. So I know that's a, a deep and you know wait-and-see kind of questions, but um, I guess we'll just stick with one. Just initial, initial <laughs> observations with the new look 
Buckeye defense. Yeah, I I thought that last week showed signs that Ohio State was taking the challenge seriously, that they were not going to sit idly by and think that what happened uh, in the first two weeks and dating back to Alabama was acceptable. I mean, if you're going to, in the middle of the season, change who's calling the plays, that's significant. If you're going to throw two safety looks out there, you know, for however many snaps they did, uh, more than zero, um, you know, that's significant considering how little they'd, they'd worked on that and how out of, you know, scheme that really is based on what they've spent the last 10 months working on. Uh, if you're going to dial up way more blitzes because you're, you're starting to come to a realization that the defensive ends aren't getting the kind of pressure that uh, Ohio State is accustomed to, then, you know, all those things showed that Ohio State is at least taking this seriously. Now, it didn't all work, and I sort of wonder, you know, I was waiting to see who came to the press box 15 minutes before kickoff, and when Kerry Combs is up there, I thought, okay, well, maybe that means he is going to call the plays because he's upstairs, And but then they just flopped everything, and Matt Barnes was calling from the sideline, and I thought that was a little strange like uh, in the James you know that the vast majority of these defensive coordinators like to call plays from upstairs it's quiet you get to think you can react you can see the whole field um and I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to do it but I just thought that that was a little odd but it doesn't that's not my decision and the other stuff all points to the fact that Ohio State thinks that this is the path forward with all those other changes they made so it wasn't perfect and it wasn't probably ever going to be when you only had six days to get it corrected but you can tell that they're at least recognizing that the issue is real and and doing some pretty significant things to get it fixed austin great stuff as always my friend appreciate you a great deal all right see you guys all right that's our good buddy austin ward joining on the brian heating cooling systems fan guest hotline we hit thing or not a thing up next bishman laurenite is right here on the fan Unlike your deadbeat uncle, we'll never leave you stranded in a ditch when you were six. This promo may have been a touch too specific. The fan. Hi. The best, best in the Midwest. Midwest. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. Hi, right, time for a little thing or not a thing. Chops is here. Hit a chopper. Bishop and Laurenitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. We got it there. We, System we got not it. responding. Friend of the show, Dan Lobby, passing this along. Jarvis Landry's streak of 111 consecutive games with at least two catches ended Sunday. It's fourth all-time behind Tim Brown, 147, Jerry Rice, 146, and Antonio Brown, 125. Thing or not a thing? Well, that's an enormous thing. Stinks. Um, it's awful. Um, it happened very, very early in the game after he caught a pass um, and, and went down. He is the heart and soul of that football team. Mm-hmm. He really is. He's the uh, the engine of it. He is one of the one of the truly great leaders that everybody loves and respects. Um, and and they will miss him tremendously, tremendously. But when your name is with Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, Antonio Brown, and you're on a list with those people, mm. that's a pretty big deal. It is. It is. Um, it just stinks, man. You hate you hate it for him, um, but you hope he gets right because I that's that's a uh, his energy and the way he just approaches the game. You could you could tell it was missed on the field once he went out. Yeah, I saw this one. I just looked up. It was on the screen here on first take. Lamar Jackson had his fifth game with 200 pass yards and 100 rush yards yesterday. NFL record thing or not a thing? Big thing. They yeah. let him be him. I mean, yep. they just let him be him and relied on him, to, and he was awesome. He was awesome in the game. And I yes, love what Harbaugh did when he said, Lamar, you want to go for it? My hunch is that Harbaugh knew he was going for it anyway, 
yeah. but he he wanted that buy-in, right? Like, of course, that's an incredible shared moment. Like, you don't punt the ball to Patrick Mahomes at that at that point. He's going to no. go score. So you probably were going for it no. anyway. But I love that he's like Lamar. You want to go? It's kind of like hell yeah, I want to go, Coach. Let's yeah. go. Let's go right now. I love that. I thought that was awesome. That's a big, big win for the Ravens. Big the win. scheme on the first drive of the game, maybe it was the second drive, on uh, Devontae Freeman's run, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I mean, their collection of running backs is like, who? <laughs> like, what? Who? Who's I'll in there? Old He's there. Um, yeah. But they pulled guard and tackle to the left, and Freeman was on the left side of Lamar, and he runs to the right, away from the pullers. And I sat there at home. And I just wanted to frisbee my Apple TV remote and just been like, what, what, where the hell do you want me to go as a linebacker? Right. You know? Because I guarantee on film what they had shown, Bo, was those two guards go to the left, the running back do counter footwork and follow him. Nope, this time he's going away from the pullers. Everything you've told me since fourth grade is to follow the pullers. Follow the pullers. Anyway. Yeah. I'm just thankful I'm not playing. This from PFF, Rondell Moore is averaging 14.3 yards after the catch per reception this season. 4.8 yards more than any other NFL player. Thing or not a thing? Well, it's twofold. Number one, there's a little bit of Michael Thomas to this, right? Because you couldn't have landed in a better spot for his skill set. So there's a little bit of that. And then the other part of it is, this is what we talked about. Why would it take so long to draft him? He's electric. Injury. A lot True. Of people, I bet. I think Boy, people those. thought with Jeez. him. I think people thought with him as they dug deeper. How yeah. much does he love football? Probably. Um, because everything that I heard from Purdue people, not their coaches, but people that cover the team, radio analysts, stuff like that. You know, people in the media that covered him, their Associated Press, if you will, mm-hmm. said that he's a sprinter. And anytime he gets any kind of bruise or anything on the leg, he, he puts himself down. And so you thought, is that only because he plays at Purdue? Yeah. You know, like, is that because he's playing here? Like, why go out and play Illinois and risk my body when I know I'm Like, look what I did against Northwestern my first game ever and against Ohio State. You know what? I'll get drafted. I'm fine, guys. You know, I think... And so you have to wonder, does, does he truly love football when you give him millions of dollars? Will he be the same way or what? I think I'm. I love seeing him be as impactful as he is because he is fun and electric when he's on the field. Yep. Saw this one from friend of the program, Chris Vanini. Alabama has won 32 straight games against SEC East opponents. Their last loss to an SEC East team was at South Carolina on October 9, 2010, which was 3,999 days ago. Thing or not a thing? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> They haven't lost to an SEC opponent. SEC East. SEC East opponent since 2000. That's incredible. That's impossible. That's impossible. Uh, now, you should have the SEC has been down, you know, since Urban left Florida. Um, and they, you know, they don't play but Georgia. But that includes that Georgia. In a, that includes but Georgia they don't play today. That includes Georgia. Often. Think about all the their SEC crossovers are always Tennessee and. True. You know, so they don't have to, you know, they don't have, but it's still, I'm not diminishing it. It's insane. I'll put it this way. We don't have a 3,999 winning streak against the Big Ten West, which is the weak part of our conference. No. No. (laughs) You know, we actually have two events where we got KO'd. Yep. That's incredible. 
You guys hit on this a little bit at the top of the show. Clemson has scored two touchdowns total in their two games against Power 5 opponents this season. Thing or not a thing? Mm. Really big thing. Yep. It's a really big thing. It was crazy watching them um, in the Georgia game where they didn't look like they had. They can't run it. So because they can't run it, they can't play action off of it. DJ uh, does not want to run. He's not interested in running, so he just wants to stand there and throw. So there's no real threat. So everyone is just dropping, and they're forcing him to try to throw into tight windows because there's nothing that makes him pay. Yeah. I didn't think I did not have that they would struggle like this offensively. I I just didn't. I it doesn't matter. Thinking, well, what's that? I, I just looked at their schedule. It doesn't even matter. Well, NC no, State, but, Boston I mean, College, but it's at Clemson, Syracuse, lost to Rutgers, Pittsburgh's trash. Florida State's trash. Louisville, look, I mean, they're not competitive. Connecticut, I mean, there's a lot of high school teams in the country that can compete with Connecticut. Wake Forest, but it's at Clemson and then at South Carolina. I mean, they got that. Like, the ACC is one thing, but they got legitimately maybe the, the easiest ACC allotment this year. Their no- schedule is just it's bad. They're the only top 10 team without a ranked team left on their schedule. I mean, any team that, like, some of the teams, even though I thought, like, even Wake Forest, right, who play, who beat Florida State, if that's at Wake, maybe I'd be like, oh, okay. At Boston College, I'd be like, ooh, watch out. But those are all home games for them. I mean, Georgia Tech almost beat them, though. Like, they're that's true. <laughs> they could, at home. Maybe the Wolfpack could Who's get them this weekend. Maybe the Wolfpack could get them. I just, I don't think that they are roll the ball out anymore. No, they're not. They're I'm not. with you there. They are not roll the ball out. I'm just saying, I just... The whole yeah. ACC. No, it's is, not great. And that includes them. That includes no, them. Absolutely. I, that's why, you know, and if they don't put, if they're incapable of putting up style points, I think that stuff will matter. Yeah, if well. They can't beat people 61 yeah. to 6. I think, I think Which that it stuff helps will us. matter. It helps Which us. Helps. Because yeah. guess what? The narrative has shifted now. The narrative has shifted from, well, they lost to a really good Georgia team that you can't move the football at all. Their defense is the best we've seen since the 85 Bears. Right. To. Hold on, Clemson has issues. Yeah, they're not good. They got big issues. Yeah, and we see what the rest of the ACC looks like. Absolutely. And now, what's the reputation of the Big Ten is growing? I, it benefits us because if we rally through and we beat a Penn State, Michigan State, and a Michigan, all three ranked, and then beat an Iowa, that's a hell of a better resume by a long shot than anything yes. Clemson can put up. No doubt. Speaking of us, we put the focus back on us coming up next. Little Buckeye Blitz will hand out some awards. Bishop and Lorenitis, right here on the fan. In our quest to shove as much football in your ear hole as possible, we become the radio home for the Browns. If they're awesome, it's all our fault. The fan is first Friday somewhere. That's a big sense of freedom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. And brought to you by our great friends at Window Nation. If you're in need of search and replace of windows, check them out at windownation.com. They will take care of you the way that they take care of us at 866-90-NATION today. Bucks, a winner over the weekend. No cover. 500 yards of offense given up. Chris Olave mm. doesn't catch a pass. Mm. Travion mm. Henderson showing you exactly what you heard that he was and validating a lot of that hype. I love seeing a running back in 32. I do. Oh, it's beautiful. I think it's awesome. It's beautiful. I think it's great. I think it's really, it's really beautiful. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy? Is. What's that? Nature is crazy. What Yesterday we came over to the barn. We had two house showings. Okay, so we spent a lot of time at the barn when that sure. happens. And uh, I'm like, why on earth? We had this like um, some kid last year left a 
a um, a sled, you know, like one of those foam, you know, sure kind of sleds, speed sleds out in the grass, and it's been around the fire pit out there for a while. Okay, and um, it is down across the stream, about two hundred fifty yards away, and I'm like, what is on top of it? Two turkey vultures think okay. this thing is a, is some kind of animal and have packed holes in this sled. And I'm like, I hope that digests well it? for you. Yeah, trying to eat it. So there, there there's that. There's and then that I just walked to the fire pit. Um, I burned, you know, some... We have um, a bunch of white pines out here. And so what I do on these big, mature white pines is that a lot of the lower branches are dead under there, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's unbelievable firewood. So, oh, gosh, yeah. You know, so I go under there, and I saw off all the dead branches. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I throw them in the pit yesterday, and I start the fire, and that's probably around 4 p.m. I did that. And it wasn't a lot of them, you know, probably about 15 smaller branches. Okay. And so I come over this morning uh, before the show, and I pick up some of the other scrap wood that's kind of laying around by the the wood that I'm splitting. If there's ever stuff that's, like, so dry and dead and just needs to be burned, you know, not worth stacking, I throw it in the back of the the sidekick. Um, Thank you, Green Sons. And then bring it over here. And toss it in the fire pit. So I toss it in, you know, when the show started. And yeah. then I just walk out after the last break, and it's a full-fledged fire. I didn't sure. light it. That's just the the embers are still under all that ash and nature, man. Boom, oh. it's gone. But as I'm doing that, sure, I look over, and the damn turkey vultures are like, we're not dumb enough just to have this sled that we tried to eat. It has a bag of the old mulch that I had laying over in the horse pen oh, they're trying on its talons, and it just decides, it rips as he's carrying it. All over my grass. Thank you. Now, kindly what, what leave. Are they doing? <laughs> I don't know. What are they doing? I don't know. They're They're, the whole point of those guys is, I mean, aren't they supposed to have a s- solid sense of smell? I guess they just That's eat not, everything now. That's, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's so many of them that they just, they're, this is where you're at in the turkey vulture community. You're eating sleds know. and All I know is I'm frustrated. Um, yeah. Although well, I, like such them. A beautiful like, I don't want bird. them to get sick because they help take the mice out. Um, they're nature's garbage men. But they, they, you know, from an aesthetic standpoint, it's not great. Yeah, they're not great. Um, all right, let's blitz it. All right, what do we do well? Oh well, we run the football when we give it to Travion Henderson. That's for sure. Um, that is, I think, what is going to be our bread and butter going forward. Is how do we establish the run game with that young man? Um, I would love to have a combination of him and Mayan Williams uh, back and forth. I think they're two very different styles. Um, even bringing in Master Teague, you know, after you're used to saying, hey, we got to, you know, sink our hips, stop Trevion, he's explosive sideline to sideline, we got to get ready for the jukes and all that stuff, to then have Master Teague or Mayan come in and oh, hold on a second. Now, don't, now you better lower your hips for a whole other reason. Because you better bring, you better roll those hips on contact. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a long day. So that should be our identity, right? Establishing, going into games, it should be punch teams in the mouth, establish this run, create the easy throws um, as that develops. I, I, I think we can run the rock all day on most teams. That's the that's honestly it's the only thing right now yeah. that I can say emphatically we do well. We can run that. routes. We can run routes. It might not always get to us, but right. our receivers can get open. We're not we're not connecting on all of those, but yeah. we can absolutely. Yeah, sometimes the turf open. helps. You know, yeah. took well, out Garrett Wilson a couple times. Jeez, that's unbelievable, isn't it? Wouldn't you think yeah. like it would be like I dream a genie, like new turf, and then you know, put your head Which up. Joshua and down, Perry and said he is. thinks it was 2014 when they replaced it. So, that's, so if they replaced is, it, this after, is our second turf. So they did 2007. They replaced it 2014. That's seven years. 
it has been now seven years. Maybe they'll yeah. let's go grass. Let's do. Grass. I think you got to find a way to do grass. Listen, if you can find, I'll, I'll say this. I you know somebody- how I feel about this. If we can find a way to genetically modify soybeans so that you can throw Roundup on them and yet still have humans consume them, it kills everything else living. But right. the soybean, right? We have to figure out a way to have the grass properly drain or grow in all kinds of climates there in the shoe. That is all. Well, you would think so because, you know, at uh, lore.com, I think they're below the water table too. So I, I've heard all this up about water table, and I, I had somebody last week say, well, like, they're there too. I, yeah, grow grass. Sort it out. That'd you got to figure it out. That'd be really good. My you, knees you would love it. Um, and, then, and then the next step to become really elite is put gray back in the font. Let's, let's keep it moving. We're allergic to gray. At the institution for Seems reasons beyond my conversation. Should we change the next one? The next one is won't beat Bama if we can do if we continue to do this. Should we change it to we won't beat Penn State if we continue to let's do this? Let's just change it. We won't win the Big Ten. There you go. We won't bit win the bit. Let's change the rules here. We won't win the Big Ten if we continue to do this. Give up five hundred and one yards of offense. We will not win with the way that our pass defense has been. If we can if we can't get a pass rush can't cover in zone long and look at i understand trust me i've been out there when we had, don't have a pass rush it stinks um when you're covering forever zones will come open because guess what when you're in those zones you don't just sit it's not like madden where you just sit static in a zone right if i'm a three deep dropper a hook dropper if you will right so four under three deep okay that's the idea the idea is you usually make them throw it out to the flats why because that's the longest throw the hardest throw pack it in on the inside if i'm a hook dropper okay and I see a quarterback staring one way, what do you think I'm going to do in my drop? Cover grass over here? Cover the hash mark, the paint? No. If I'm a good football player, I will then shuffle towards where his eyes are going to have the anticipation to sprint to make a tackle. Yeah. But when he's not pressured, he can then take his eyes from that side of the field all the way back to a deep over. Who's in that zone? Well, damn it, what do you want me to do? If you throw it over here, you're telling me don't cover grass, and now we can't get to the quarterback, and he's throwing it way back over here, I didn't think he'd have five seconds to throw. So... Anyway, I digress. 500 yards of offense against us. If, we'll if, you're, if, if you're going to play the way that – I mean, we're, we're playing a bend and break defense. Yeah. And if you, you, the simple thing was, all right, let's just do simple stuff, whether it's zone or man or whatever, because we're Ohio State, we're the better players. Okay, well, then those better players have got to be guys who, who save you. Yeah. You used the word angel last week. We have to have people who make plays on the ball in the secondary, and we've got to get home on the defensive front. Right now, we're not doing either one of those things. And yeah. so, not at the level that, that, that is required to win the Big Ten. So, if you're going to let teams move on you and, and rack up yards, fine. Well, then you better get three turnovers a game, because that's what's going to be required to win the Big Ten. Yeah. And right now, we're not really showing that we have the ability to do that either. I'd like to see more of this. I just want to see Denzel Burke out there all the time because I think there's an attitude to him. I've said Trevion Henderson the last few weeks, and they gave us more of him, so I'm appreciative. But I just think on the on the defense, I know he's a true freshman. He's played in all of them, right? He there's a I think there's a talent and there's a demeanor to him, like a fearlessness. He won't be perfect. He's young, but. Let's not rotate that guy out. I'd like, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll add. I'd like to see more of the freshman period on the defensive side. He's yeah. un, he's unreal. I like JTT when he's in there. It seems like you notice him. 
Um, You know, I I think it's time to play some young guys because we're just not seeing it. Uh, we're not seeing the difference makers that we're, that we're used to seeing from the junior and senior class defensively. It's just it's not there. It's pretty flat. Uh, offensive player who wowed. Pretty simple. It's, it's simple. I think we can skip this one. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Henderson. Yeah. No, he's he's unreal. He really is. He, he's he's a very, very special player, very obviously. What do you – I mean, what, what is the I, – I, I like what Brando said about – or I think it was uh, Tillman who said – he was talking about how we know about Spiller down at A&M this year, but yeah. we'll really know about Trevion Henderson next year. I don't think yep. it has to wait till next year. I think I think it takes one game like this when there's a – I mean, you have a game of 190 on the ground, and it's against Penn State. That's it. I mean, I'm trying to look at Penn State's schedule. He could be an All-American – I mean, he could he could be like an All American this year. Yeah. When you put two seventy up, now all of a sudden you're going to be and he's highlights too. Yeah. He's going to have all these highlights because he's he's everything he does is. So Penn State has Villanova, Indiana, which they'll be geeked up for that no matter what Indiana is because they they feel gypped off that call last year. Uh, yeah, for sure. And then they go to Iowa in what right now would be a five versus six game. I mean. That's why I want that game to be so close, no matter who wins. Yeah. But That's an awesome game. Iowa has Colorado State and then Maryland. So they both Maryland. should get there. Yeah. They'd both be ranked in the top five, maybe. You would think so. Yeah. Yeah, I would you, would, you would absolutely think so. Defensive player who wowed. I, th- I think Burke's the answer, right? Yep, he's, Burke he's is special. the answer. I like what I saw from Williams on the inside getting the sack. Um, it, it's it, Look, it's... We need you need someone that the takeaways are an interesting thing because a lot of them are t- are team defense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interceptions where you jump around, right? It's interceptions where you sink deep in a zone and it's thrown to you, right? It's those are the plays that you want to see. Interceptions where a ball's overthrown and it hits you in the chest. You love them. Right? I'll take what. Yes, give me the layup. I've had some of those. Those are great. But what'd you really do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to be honest, there are some picks that I had in my career where I'm like, I didn't do a damn thing. He hit me right between the three and the three, or the five and the five. Um, and then there's some drop picks I have where I'm like, that it was such a better play than the actual pick I had, but I dropped the damn ball. I can I can still remember them vividly. <laughs> there was a game against Purdue. I ran. It was a sprint out. I ran under the spot. It hit me right in the face mask. I would have been gone. I Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I got caught. But I would have had a good head start. And then against Buffalo, they were on their own 20 against the Bills. And I definitely would have scored because I only had to run 20 yards. Same thing. I went underneath a curl route and cover three. Hit me right in the hands. And I wanted to just pick up the ball and, and straight punt it. But anyway. I want to see plays where guys make the jump and then make the play. Or then yeah. sack fumble. Sacks. Sacks are huge. Huge. Yeah, I, I defense. We just need to see guys going places with purpose, with a bad attitude, and yep. you're not seeing enough of that, you know, through three weeks. Where are all where are all eleven in the frame? I don't know. Where's no, the pride of all? Where's the pride of your I'm boy saying. making a tackle? Like, look at look at the difference between just how Michigan State looked, just the way they. Not saying we're not Michigan State's not better than us. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying the weight, the fire they played with at Miami, and I understand it's at Miami versus Tulsa at home. They they were flying to the ball, man. Yeah, flying to the ball with 
purpose. So, we need some of that. Coach who earned his courtesy car. Tony Alford. How about Tim Hinton? Get the yeah. call to the bullpen. He's down there on the side. I go, what's he doing? Studs is down. Yep. Tim Hinton gets the call. Good job out of him. Call up. Uh, game balls. Offense. I just think whenever you have a freshman running back who seems oh, to yeah. be able to run everything in the playbook. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got a chance to be a 1,500-yard back. Yep. Yeah. Offensive game ball goes to 32. I think that goes without saying. Uh, defensive game ball. Can you give one with 500 yards? I feel like no. this would defeat what we're supposed to be doing here. No. Probably not. No. no. If anything, Martinez would get one because he, he put seven. I mean, look, that game was closer than we all anticipated. Yes. So if you don't get the pick, that, that <laughs> right? So I guess by, by that. But, yes, I would not be thrilled about. I'll put it this way. That's one where you might get an individual Buckeye sticker for that. And there will be some players who I'm sure grade out at a certain point because, look, when you rotate that many guys, if you're a D lineman and you just stay in your gap and you execute and you don't look bad, you can get to a 90%, right, or 80%. I don't know what the Buckeye Leaf minimum is now. But as far as team goals, like, I'm, look, our, our listeners know how the Buckeye Leaf system works. You're going to get one for beating Tulsa no matter what, everyone on the team. And then as a defense, you have certain goals. Our yeah. goals were holding teams under 17 points, under four point. Uh, under you know four yards per carry. Yep. Um, no explosive plays. No runs over ten. I think it was no passes over fifteen. Um, it may have been twenty. Um, I'm sure some of those have moved because the game has changed. Right. Um, newsflash: I don't think Iowa has changed their goals. Uh, they still keep teams under twenty five points per game. It seems like. But anyway, like those are the goals. Yeah. And so I don't wouldn't assume that we have very many of those as a defensive unit. Someone that contributed on the field that you're going to get a lot of Buckeye leaves this week. I would agree. Uh, can this team win the Big Ten, not win at all? Can this team win the Big Ten grade? It can. Um, but it's not as, I'll put it this way, there will be a lot more games where you have to pull, pour a few uh, first Fridays and, and sit around yep. anxiously um, watching them. Yep. But I think you absolutely can. Yeah. Lot of ru- I like what Coach Day said afterwards. It's a step, long way to go. Yeah. Long way to go. Yep. We're learning on the fly with a lot of this stuff. Yep. Um, real quickly, we'll go around the NFL, then Dustin Schutte around the Big Ten coming up at the bottom of the hour. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. All the dumb things we say are on demand when you want them. Just utilize the computer chip we've implanted into your brain. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Two men complaining about first world problems. You're not getting the point, kid. This, this is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. And if you are in the market for a new or used vehicle, you have to go east of downtown to my friends at Jermaine Toyota of Columbus. Amazing deals right now on all of their models. But don't forget, if you're thinking about selling your car, give my guys a chance over there. Because they're going to give you a hassle-free, no-strings-attached offer, and they're going to offer you top dollar for what your vehicle is worth. So whether you are buying, trading in, or selling... Make sure you go say hi to Buddy over there or DeLacy at 5711 Scarborough Boulevard or on the line, JermaineToyota.net. Week two in the NFL. Pretty wild. Yes. Pretty wild. Gave you a little bit of everything. Uh, we'll spend the majority of tomorrow talking NFL in, in what was a pretty satisfying uh, week. But l- let's get a couple of quick thoughts on the two Ohio teams. Let's start up in Cleveland um, where defensively they, they're still – Finding their way, 
a little yeah. bit, um, and an inability to get off the field. Look, the, the difference between the NFL, and I think this is a hard because we're used to, and we see it with Ohio State, it's like they win by a bunch, it's not enough. And that's kind of the way that I feel Browns fans were yesterday, even though they win by 10. Never thought they were going to lose the game, but it certainly wasn't the performance that you thought you were going to get. A lot of pros on that Houston team. A lot of veterans on that Houston team. If Tyrod Taylor doesn't get hurt, I don't know that it's it's definitely not as comfortable as it ended up being because um, he'd only missed on one pass to that point and was carving up the secondary a little bit. Uh, I did not see the defensive line push that I thought I would see. So yeah. those things are all, all I think, you know, some some cause for concern. But in the second half, you did see Grant Delpit. And let's remember that that was his first ever NFL game. And he is mm-hmm. a he is a heat-seeking missile, is what yep. he is. And he is going to add something to them defensively. He definitely adds um, another element to them. Um, it was so good to see him out there making an impact. Yeah. Uh, was great. But just to see him out there was going to be great, you know. Um, I'll say this. I... I obviously had big expectations coming in. I thought if you didn't cover the spread, you're not a real team. And then Jarvis gets hurt. And so then you say to yourself, okay, they already game planned. Um, we, we, you know, you already have a, a, a game plan for Jarvis. We, we eliminated Odell earlier in the week. We have a plan. Well, you take Jarvis out of that plan. And yeah. yes, Stefanski is good enough to adjust on the fly. But let's keep this in mind as a Browns fan, and, and you know this, I'm preaching to the choir. But if you're following the Browns, this is two weeks in a row that one of the most prepared human beings, as far as a coach going onto the, into a game, as, as far as his plan and what he wants to do and, and just yep. ready for everything, has had a curveball thrown at him. Week one, giant surprise that OBJ put himself down. Shocked. He's in the plan all week. We have plays for him, which yeah. means that we have a trickle-down effect. Hey, guess what? You're going to see – hey, Schwartz, you're going to see maybe eight to ten plays. Oh, nope, now you got to be a part of the, way more a part of this, okay? Um, which means, guess what? Maybe his role's on teams. Somebody else has to go have more of a big impact on special teams, and it's a trickle-down effect. So that's week one. Week two, Jarvis getting hurt, a huge surprise, okay? got That's two games in a row you've had to adjust in the fly. One game, you lose to one of the best teams in football in the Chiefs. And this one, you still win by 10 with with a big adjustment to that. So I'm with you. I think if Tyrod Taylor or Tyrod, whatever he wants to go by, um, keeps playing, I think it's different. Um, yeah. I think it's a little more anxious, you know. But I also think that as you as you sit back and digest, you, you still got I me. Mean, our guy Chubb, 8.6 per. Um yeah, they, they don't get enough plays. That comes back to the defense. They, they have a hard time getting off the field on third down. They don't down. get enough plays. So they don't get enough plays for their offense the way that – because you say, well, why isn't Chubb carrying it enough? I don't know. Kareem Hunt looked pretty dang good too. I mean, yep. uh, Kareem Hunt's ability, his one cut go go vertical is as good as anybody in the league. Yep. I mean, so they have them both. So, yep. And by the way, it's a 17-game season. So that will help them. Chubb doesn't need to carry it 25 times in September. He may need to in January. Right. He might yep. need to. Yep. Doesn't need to right now. Um, real quickly on the Bengals, they, my, our biggest, everybody's biggest concern: can yeah. they protect him? The answer yeah. emphatically is no. No, they can't. And he's. It's not good. It's really. I believe not. we had. We won't, we were worried about uh, Akeem Hicks <clears throat> on the inside. Yeah. Wreaked havoc. Wreaked havoc. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's a. It's a tough spot. It really is, and I I wonder 
I don't know what you can do, but but when they play, te- and the Bears are good defensively, certainly up front, um, but they, they they there's nothing in the middle of that line to to give Burrow. I could see bad habits setting in with Burrow this year based on the beating. I think yeah, gonna yeah, take. you can see almost a season of look. He's trying to prove it right that he's for yeah. real again. Um, that last year wasn't a fluke before he got hurt. You could definitely see some um, mm-hmm. some some interceptions. His, I think his interception numbers will go up because yep. he's gonna. He's going to think he has to throw it, force the issue, make something happen at times. You could definitely see some bad habits happening. Absolutely. Uh, we return we, we'll, full NFL uh, debrief tomorrow on the program um, from, from both sides around the league uh, as well. Some real, real shockers in week two in the NFL. Coming up next, though, back to the college game and Big Ten football. Put it into perspective with our buddy Dustin Schutte, managing editor of Saturday Tradition. He joins us coming up next. Bishman Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. One, two, three. The Daily Coach Ryan Day Show is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse on The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. This is the Ryan Day Show brought to you statewide by Safe Line Auto Glass. Ryan, an emphasis on running the ball. and Just your thoughts on the running game and Travion's outstanding freshman day. Yeah, it was it was a big day in the run game. It was something we knew we had to do. Um, it, it really, with their style of defense, you know, they had a three-down line. And so, you know, they had a very specific defense that, you know, kind of forced us to play that type of game. That, that's, that's what they want you to do. They want you to force the throw down the field. And um, maybe we did a little bit early on, but then we realized we had to run the ball and control the game. Another comment just a moment. Sports talk distilled to its purest form. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Pretty dang good weekend for the Big Ten all in all. And for some perspective on that, we had it on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Visit with our good buddy Dustin Schutte, managing editor at Saturday Tradition, covering the Big Ten. Dustin, thanks for the time, bud. Uh, let's start with our game, and then we'll branch out to some of the other ones. Um, you know, Ryan Day... A lot of attention last week to we're going to get this defense fixed. Silva gave up over 500 yards. I think you could see some improvement, though, week to week. What did you make of what you saw from the Bucks on Saturday? Well, I think that it was really smart that if Ryan Day was going to make a change, these two weeks are the time to do it, right? I know that there were still some glaring issues. You don't want to play a four-quarter game with a bad Tulsa team that came into the shoe without a win on its record. But at the same time, I think that we still need to recognize that this is a team going through a bit of an adjustment. Kerry Coombs is, is no longer calling the defense. That's, that's on Matt Barnes. So this is going to take some adjusting. But what better time to do it than when you're playing a Tulsa and then you're you know a, a crazy 50-point favorite heading into this week against an, a bad Akron team. So I think, it, for me, it's still wait and see, right? This is still a team that was kind of thrown into the fires out of the gate. They had to play a tough Minnesota team that... Even without Mohamed Ibrahim, they're they're playing pretty well offensively, and then you have to play an explosive Oregon uh, uh, attack. And so I think the the jury is still out for me. I want to see what this team looks like in a few weeks when they jump back into Big Ten play because, like I said, I think that Ryan Day made the smart call by making the defensive change. Uh, Travion Henderson out of the backfield was phenomenal. I have some questions still about C.J. Stroud, but this is a team that's going to continue to grow throughout the course of the season. I know a lot of people want to look at the one loss and, and a bad performance against Tulsa and kind of write off the Buckeyes, but I have a lot of faith in Ryan Day. To me, this is still from top to bottom the most talented roster in the Big Ten. I just think that they're going through a little bit of some growing pains right now. Dustin, overall, good weekend for the conference. Um, you think about Michigan State going down to Miami and getting a win, Penn State obviously at night over Auburn. It seems like Michigan has an identity. 
just overarching, which is the team that you're most impressed by so far um, throughout this season? Yeah, I mean, I could go down the list and, and name a bunch of different teams, but I think the two teams that stuck out to me from this weekend were Michigan and Michigan State. I mean, the state of Michigan right now is back to being a football state. I think when you look at not just the fact that Michigan State went down to Miami and won that game, but I think when you look at how they won that game, I mean, you look at these first three games, they've been able to do it on the ground. Kenneth Walker has been phenomenal. He's been probably the greatest transfer addition in the Big Ten so far this season. Peyton Thorne is the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. He's been able to air it out. They have weapons with Jalen Naylor and and Jaden Reed. The offensive line is playing really well. I've been really impressed with what Mill Tucker has been able to do in such a short time. Uh, And again, we we don't know too much about this Michigan State team because we don't know a lot about Miami. I think that they might have been overrated coming into the season. But to go down there and get a three-touchdown victory, that was outstanding to see. Michigan is running the ball extremely well right now. Greg Schiano said it. Uh, you know, Michigan is back to being Michigan. Uh, after the game, the, the Northern Illinois head coach even said, you know, this is a team built to compete and, and a team built to beat Ohio State. So I've been really impressed with those two teams because I thought that they would be at the bottom of the Big Ten. So for both of those teams to have a 3-0 and start, Michigan, uh, Michigan State with a win over Northwestern and then adding another Power 5 victory over Miami and then Michigan beating a Power 5 team in Washington a few weeks ago, just really impressed with those two teams, and, and we can throw Penn State into the mix, but you know, I didn't take much into account from last season, that four and five year. I thought that they were the second most talented team in the Big Ten coming into this season, and I still think that's the case. I still think that right now they are the biggest challenger to Ohio State in getting to Indianapolis. Dustin, was that Scott Frost's signature win at Nebraska Saturday at Oklahoma? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's close. I mean, he got close. It, you're 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 not kidding, but this, to me, this is this, this is what's telling to me. I, I thought going into that game, realistically, Nebraska had a shot to do what they did, uh, because when you look at how well they played defensively, yeah. I, I've never I've never been a big uh, fan of. I shouldn't say fan. I, I think that Spencer Rattler is inconsistent. I think he's had times where he's been erratic, and so I thought that Nebraska's defense could kind of feast on that. My questions came down to offensive the the offensive play how they performed on special teams and could you eliminate some mistakes and you you have two pre-snap penalties on your very first possession and then you the field goals were the difference in the game they missed two field goals they had a a extra point blocked in return for a a two-point conversion the other way you you convert all those nebraska wins the game so the big question for me now moving forward is how does Nebraska look against Michigan State this weekend? Because yep. in the past, we have seen Nebraska play teams really well and then come out and lay an egg. They had a couple of those last season in 2020. So they have to play well. And again, this is where that Illinois game in Week 0 looms so large because if you don't get a win this weekend against Michigan State, you still have Michigan. You still have Ohio State. You still have Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota on that schedule. I don't know how they get to six wins if they don't win this weekend. And if you don't get to six wins, I don't know how you keep Scott Frost around. Dustin, I'm wondering, when when you have the West uh, staying over there, Iowa seems to be the one in in charge on the Western side. Just where are you at with the West? I'm not sold on Wisconsin, so let's go to Wisconsin. I I feel like there's an interesting vibe over there. I'm not sure that Mertz... I think we are all still waiting for that Illinois performance to come back, and I'm just not sure it's there. And I don't think they have a ground game that's consistent. Do you think that that Iowa is the by far uh, 
one to be expected in Indianapolis at the end of the year? I think the way they're playing right now, yes. But I think some of the concerns that you have about Wisconsin, I think that could carry over to Iowa because you look at the quarterback play from Spencer Petras, it hasn't been great. It was better last week against Kent State. The rushing attack, Tyler Goodson struggled against some good defenses in Indiana and Iowa State, and that's to be expected. Like I said, those are two really good defenses. He had an explosion on Saturday against Kent State as well. So I just want to see more out of this offense. I think defensively, there's no question. If the defense can play at that high of a level, uh, then they're going to be in Indianapolis. But that's a pretty tough ask if you're getting minimal output from your offense for a 12-game stretch. Like, I think it might come down to that Wisconsin-Iowa game, and I think you're right. I, I'm not high on Graham Mertz in that week one. A lot of people were disappointed with the Wisconsin offense. Look, they were able to move the ball between the 20s against Penn State. They had a lot of success. Ches Malusi looked pretty good, and they have some weapons in the passing attack, but they got down into the red zone, and they couldn't finish, and they had trouble again with that against Eastern Michigan. So I've been more disappointed with Graham Mertz through the first two games. And he's going to be tested quite a bit this weekend against Notre Dame. That's a really good Notre Dame defense. So, uh, to me, right now, Iowa's the favorite. I don't think Wisconsin's that far behind. I just have so many questions about the offensive side of the ball for both Iowa and Wisconsin. To me, that's a toss-up. I mean, that may be a 3-2 a, a to two or 6-4 to four type of game because the defenses are so good, and we just haven't seen much out of either offense so far. Dustin, I'll get you out of here on this one. I- just some a, a comment or two on the guts of Penn State. That's a tough spot. Uh, obviously, an incredible atmosphere, but the officiating was pretty bad, and it seemed like everything that could go against them did. And and they stuck in there and and got a win and got stops when they had to get them. Um, they, they were one of those teams where you wondered if last year was you know just part if the COVID excuse was a legitimate excuse for them in terms of the way that season. Was. It looks like it was, doesn't it? I think so, and I thought that was the case coming into the season. You know, like I said, you go back to that, the start of the 2020 season was large for them, right? They lose in controversial fashion on the road against Indiana, and then they get beaten week two by Ohio State. This was a team that entered that season thinking they could win the Big Ten, thinking they could get to the college football playoff. By week two, all their dreams and their hopes had vanished, basically. And so I think that played a huge part in that 0-5 start. I think that kind of spiraled things out of control. What I thought you saw on Saturday night was some of the controversy, some of the bad calls, playing a tough team in a, in a, uh, in a big-time game, in a big-time environment, was what you saw last year. How they, James Franklin was able to rally that team for the final four games. I thought you saw a ton of poise when things weren't going their way. They stood tall. This, this team is completely bought in. They believe they can win. They believe that they can get back to Indianapolis. And like I said, this is why I think those final four games last season were so huge, to win those four carry some momentum into the offseason. You upgraded an offensive coordinator. You have so many of your stars returning from last year's offensive team, and the defense has been outstanding. I, I really like this Penn State team, and I don't care what some of those SEC people think that, that you know Penn State would finish four in the SEC West no. or whatever the case might be. <laughs> no, this, is a good, this is a good football team. This is a team that can compete in the Big Ten. This is a team that can compete for a college football playoff spot. I agree with you on that. That that is absurd. Fourth in the in the SEC West, very, very absolutely absurd. Dustin, appreciate your time. Thanks for giving us a little bit of it today. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Dustin, shooting manager editor, Saturday tradition at the big. Like at some point, you you have to live in some reality. Mm-hmm. You can't just keep saying. I mean, Texas A and M went to Colorado, was lucky to survive. Yep. Minnesota goes to Colorado a week later and houses them. Bama housed Miami. So did Michigan State. Yep. 
Like at some point, the results have to matter. You can't just keep saying, no, 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 no. We're the, and Bama's separate. Sure. Georgia's really good too. But let's not act like everybody in that league is great. They're not. Right. They're not. Yep. Yep. We're, we're ridiculous. I mean, it's coming back down to reality now. You know, like yeah. let's, let's pare it all down. Um, let's not leave out Minnesota. There's a lot of that's grit big, in that team. Nice win. You lose Muhammad Ibrahim. They fought against us. Um, they've they figured themselves out since losing Ibrahim. Let's not rule them out in the West. That's a that's an impressive win at Colorado. I didn't think that they could do that. Didn't think they'd do that. Three things on a Monday. Up next, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. News, opinions, and insight all before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at six. The fan, Ohio sports destination. A linebacker and a man of leisure. This doesn't even make sense. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. I type for three things on a Monday. Hit it, Chops. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurinaitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. All right, number one for me. Good job out of the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if you saw this or not. Before they ran out of the tunnel, they played the whistle that Omar used to do on the wire in honor of Michael K. Williams, who passed last week in an iconic character in television in Baltimore history. Mm. That's a good job. Yep, That's a real good job out of you. Yep. Very good job. My first thing, I have to give a shout-out to my wife. Her first day, first full week. Of both girls in school. Oh, boy. She battled through, you know, battled through a lot the long summer, battled through the uh, the COVID lockdown, and now it's the first full week of her finally being able to get into the rhythm that she thought would happen two weeks ago. <laughs> but um, she is an absolute stud, an absolute rock, and uh, deserves all the credit in the world. Now at home, she just has to deal with the baby and the youngest one. My first it's on a T. It's on a T for the job. My my first thing the uh, the Renaissance Fair as as always was a great time. We did the the pub crawl this time that had little little games in it. Purple team won. I was self proclaimed team captain. That that's just how I go. And uh, natural leader. We did some bow. We did some bow and arrow work. I tried to hit a guy with tomatoes. Didn't had a turkey leg. It was all great fun. It's exactly where I need you to be on Saturdays. Uh, number two for me, guys, ever, I know this is going to be the most popular thing I say all show. The college targeting rule has to change. It has to change now. Yep. You cannot have an instance like what happened at the end of the Penn State kid where a kid is just playing his heart out. That's Penn State it. receiver goes down. He's not perfectly lined up. He's trying yep. to keep a guy from scoring a touchdown, and he's done for the game. That's impossible, man. I'm sorry. You, if if a runner is going to the ground, you are not Jeez. defenseless. We no. cannot eliminate the violence from football. No. I was texting with Herb Street. I'm oh, like, so as angry. a linebacker, there's no way. A hundred out of a hundred times, I'm t- I'm teaching my kid. You fire low and you keep that ball from get. You can't. What are we doing? Anyway. No, and then to kick him out, and you see him like as soon as as soon as the flag goes, he just puts his hand to his head and he starts praying like, "Please no, please no." I mean that that's not right. That's no. not right. It, th- no. It's not called right. It's not the rule isn't right, and you sure nope. as hell shouldn't throw people out of the games for doing something that's not malicious. You want to throw nope. guys out for malicious? Fine. Yeah, I'm all for it. 
that yep. wasn't. Yep. Totally with you. My second thing, um, look, Hayden lives life in song form. If you've seen Moana, um, the movie, and the crab says, you know, I'm going to give you a detailed explanation in song form. That is Hayden. song, by the way. Um, She lives everything in song form. All morning, she's just singing, whether it's talking about Remy and what she's doing and what Hayden's doing. And, you know, they oh, that's cute. Well, yeah, until it lasts for, you know, legit 45 minutes. And so I asked her this morning, I go, Hayden, what, what's, your, what's your song called? She looks me dead in the eyes and goes, silence. Okay. Okay, hon. I bet Jayla wishes uh, I had some silence in me. So the the bathroom knock thing just kept coming up on Twitter every day. And because I'm me, I had to rehash it every time a, a Twitter mention came up. Not always on Twitter. Sometimes just out loud to, to Jayla. And she's like, I don't care. Can you stop talking about this? And then I remembered, Bo, what you told me. I said, you married this. It was in the brochure. That's right. <laughs> I am who you married. Love it. I'm sorry, honey. I am who you married. I love it. There's no evolution here. Uh Number three for me. So uh, another undefeated weekend on the football gridiron for the Bishop boys as the wins just continue to stack. We did face our first ever adversity in the seven-year-old flag football. First ever three and out. First ever scoreless first half. I love it. 21 in the second. I love it. Dicey moments. Almost had to fire my coordinator. Can't have that. Can't have that. times call for desperate measures. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes you got to make a... You heard Coach Day. You can't worry about failings. No. You just gotta We're trying to win championships. Yeah. Raise Ben. That's right. My last thing, uh, it's here. It's here. Horse lessons tonight. So this yes. is the can of worms that was opened. Um, it's all in the What's ironic was that it popped up on Shelly's phone a year ago today. You know how on your iPhone it'll be like, hey, you hear a photo yeah. from a year ago, two years ago. Anyway, a year ago today, it's London standing on a split rail fence right next to a horse. Yep. Who would have thought... That a year later she'd be hot. I mean, I'm 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 excited for her. I can't wait to watch her. Um, I think she has a, way too high of expectations of what it will be. You know, um, it'll be probably like, hey, here's Lucky. Here's how you get on. Here's you know, we're gonna wa-. no. Sure. She thinks it's like her galloping, like on the Netflix show Spirit. <laughs> she thinks she's just gonna be frolicking throughout. You know, freedom down. You know, the roads up here. Nope, that's not what it's gonna be. But two anyway. pieces of advice from Uncle Bo: calm hands, and it's all in the legs. Yeah, it's all in the legs. Calm hands. Last one for me. The Ren Fair is down in Waynesville, so we stay at my parents' house when we go there on Friday night. We went out to a restaurant that I like. It's it's uh, local to Centerville. It's one of my favorites. Jayla tells me she doesn't like it, and I don't know how to deal with that, so we still went to the restaurant. That's what we did. <laughs> she's now getting the reality. You used to have to woo her. Not anymore. She's locked in, Chops. You are who she married. Let's always remember. We're back tomorrow for more fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bishop and Lauritis right here on The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.